Yeah. You know, you wanted me to be all be a little, little juiced up for this podcast. I had myself a double Alex Drake, and now I just want to go to bed. <laughs> uh, I guess. <laughs> I guess that was the gamble. <laughs> I don't know. I need to get more sleep during the week. Yeah, what's what's that about? I don't know. I'm just always up too late. It's like, like nature. Do you feel like you need to go unwind after work and you just... Hit the blackjack tables? No. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think my, my body just doesn't want to go to sleep till like 2 a.m., you know? Gotcha. Yeah, what time do you have to get up? Uh, usually about like 8.39. Mm. So, you know, early. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are you drinking there? Uh, I'm just having a little champagne. Champagne, huh? Interesting. Mm, a little champagne. Uh, yeah. A little Andre? Uh, I'm having a Piper Sonoma. Piper Sonoma. Mm, okay. What I like about all cheap champagne is that it's cheap. So... I had the the usual choice in the Andre or the Brut or the ones next to it, but they're all, if I remember correctly, about eleven to twelve percent. Piper Sonoma was thirteen point five, so I was like, "You win." Technically, it's sparkling wine. Yes, it is sparkling wine. This is Brut Sonoma County sparkling wine. I've never really gotten a handle on like which I like more, like the the extra dry or the dry or the Brut, whatever. I'm not really sure what the difference is. I know there is. I'm not sure what the difference is. On principle alone, I don't think I like the word dry. What about extra dry? That just seems like you're going even more in the wrong direction. Hmm. <laughs> well, I've got myself another Alex Drake double here. <laughs> so, well, There was a way to get some caffeine in there. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to get it out. I don't know. It's so busy. You have a busy weekend ahead of me, too. Yeah. I got I to gotta write. I'm trying to do 5,000 words a week, and I have mm. no idea what I'm writing tomorrow. <laughs> well, I mean, a tiny bit of an idea, but, you know. Let's say it's not a total mystery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, should we start the pod? I think we should. Hello, and welcome to Headcanon. I'm James. And I'm Marcus Marks. That was a big inhale there. Yeah, well, sometimes when you're just going to spew that much bullshit, you just got to hmm. get your lungs full, right? Are, are you hyped for this episode? I am, yeah. Okay. Are you not? Are you I am. I mean, I, I'm mostly just like half asleep, but I'm, I'm trying to get there, you know. Okay, okay. Maybe yeah, maybe just seeing some of this mullet, this feathered mullet here will wake me up a little. Number one. All I ask is you try. Number two, I feel by like by the time you get the Sam Elliott's bush, you're gonna be back in the game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, in case it wasn't clear what movie we were covering, <laughs> we're gonna be talking about Roadhouse, the 1989 film. Well, 30 years old in May. Uh, Jesus wow. Christ! Yeah, wow. Roadhouse, starring Patrick Swayze, Kelly Lynch, uh, the Jackie Treehorn from The Big Lebowski, and Sam Elliott. Just Who, I think I, I think Sam Elliott was already known before this movie, but this is like the youngest I've ever seen him. Mm-hmm. This is before the iconic mustache. Yeah, I, yeah he's got he like is- he's it's not all silver in the hair. You know, there's no. streaks of dark. I would argue that this is a better look for him than the mustache. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't think you can do this look when you're older, though. I don't know. He was only like 43 when he made this movie. That's just the city miles. <laughs> I mean, he is a creature of leather. <laughs> Some silver in the hair, at least up top. <laughs> yeah. Down below, not so He's much. He's still young where it counts. Mm-hmm. Look, this isn't a joke, folks. You actually see his pubes. You see Sam Elliott's fucking pubes in this movie. Uh, before we get to Roadhouse, though, um, let's uh, talk a little bit about our media diet. Sure. What are you reading? Well, I've been reading. That's the last one on my list, but I guess I'll start there. So I'm almost done with that Throne of Glass series. I'm on the last book, Kingdom Vash. <laughs> I have like 100 pages left. I probably should have finished it this week, but I was doing other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um it's fine. It's enjoyable. It's this last book. It really feels like because like there two books prior was just sent like gather spent like gathering armies, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like it's like the author really wants to pay that off. She's gonna make you read like three hundred pages of like a battle, you know, mm-hmm. where it's just like it's another battle scene. And, oh, the good guys are getting beaten back, but then like you know from reading the book that like there's another, you know, like there's there's like six or seven like deuce ex machinas who can come in and save the day at any moment and so you're just like mm-hmm. waiting for them to arrive one after the other i definitely haven't gotten that far in that series yeah i'm almost done i feel like i read maybe the first two so i mean but i would i would say if you're someone who's who's willing to commit because it's a lot of pages these books get a little longer than they need to be um if you're someone who's willing to commit after you read book four you should go read the uh, prequel book because in mm-hmm. book five like these characters start showing up like we know them and it's like who, who the fuck is this you know and it's mm. it's like oh they have this whole backstory that you didn't know about unless you read, read the prequel book and the prequel book is a collection of a bunch of like novellas and stuff, it's like right? five or six novellas it's basically just like this is what the main character is doing for like the two years before the first book begins so to quote you last week i have to keep reading till i finish this series because if i take a break i won't remember anyone's fucking name well, there, there's too many names that are too <laughs> random and weird. Like, there's an Aelin, an Adian, an Ansel. There's a lot of A fucking A names. Um, yeah. And they're not, I don't know, it's... Tolkien had, you know, he's a philologist, so he he knew how to name things that were like, it made sense that they sounded similar. That, like, one mm-hmm. would be the son of the other or whatever. But this is just, it feels totally random. Well. Naming not Sir Mass is strong suit, but it is, it's an, an entertaining a thing i think it might become a tv show i don't know hmm. it's like a whole swath of like uh yeah it's um oh and it's it's supposedly like on hulu it's like named after like not the first or second book it's like the title comes from like one of like the third or fourth books this series or something else uh that series uh, yeah. hmm. the assassins and stuff yeah um, i there's like eight books and i remember like like the it should last be called Throne of glass but i think they're they're like, well, there's Game of Thrones, so. Oh yeah, true. Um, I don't all know. The, all the titles are a little generic. Yeah, I mean, I think, but the thing is, it's like indicative of like a whole swath of like books that are coming out from. Okay, the so there's like now. Empire of Storms, Queen of Shadows, Heir of Fire, Crown of Midnight. I want to say on Wikipedia, I read that the show was supposedly going to be called Queen of Shadows, but I feel like that was a few years ago. Yeah, not a great title. There's like yeah. Tower of Dawn, I think. Yeah. None of them are, none of them are hot. None of them are popping. Yeah, I don't know what I would go with there. Hmm. 
Mm. Yeah, I'm not sure which one of those sounds like if I I mean, I feel like Throne of Glass is probably the best choice and just go with the Game of Thrones comparisons. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Anyway, what are you reading? Um, at the moment, I, I just picked up and I'm hoping to start reading tonight a book called Magic for Liars by Sarah Gailey. It's a, it's a mystery about a uh, like a magical world where there's a murder at a Hogwarts-esque school for young magicians and mm. they have to bring in the wayward girl who has to solve, I think, her twin's murder. Hmm. That all sounds too on brand. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, what are you listening to? Uh, I've been listening to a group called Fantagram a lot lately. I've been in a Fantagram mood. Fantagram. Hmm. I don't think I've downloaded a whole chunk of anything new, like just a original song here and there. But I don't know what the last album that's come out that I like, that I want that album, you know? Hmm. As discussed, I don't know if like, I think that way as much anymore. Really, I still do buy albums. I oh, very, very rarely buy singles. Hmm. That's cool. Hmm. Um, I did buy the new Muse album recently. I listened to it once, and it's like, it's yeah. See, I'm not gonna do that. Yeah, I don't think you know. That's how I roll also, with my music. Muse is a gamble, <laughs> and uh, I don't. It doesn't. It doesn't inspire me. The energy. I don't know. I know who was there the other on like the second line. I got that and listened to it a few times and thought it was pretty mediocre. But like every once in a while, one of those songs will pop up on shuffle and like maybe they're growing on me a little. So I don't know. Maybe this will too. There's like six Muse songs that I like. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, but other than that, um, I listened to a lot of the Wolverine soundtrack recently uh, because okay, cool. I feel like that's Marco Beltrami's best work. Uh, Beltrami is like a composer that I'm sitting here and like, if you put a gun to my head, I can only name one other score that he's done. <laughs> but I know he's done a shit ton. Yeah, he's but- done a fair amount. He did one that I really didn't like. It might have been, it might have been Cruel Intentions. No, I, I like his Scream stuff, although it's not like amazing. <laughs> but he did something else where I just like really did not like the fit of it at all. Hmm. But I really like the Wolverine soundtrack. It's got a nice vibe. Right on. What are you watching? Oh, what am I watching? So I've tried to force myself to watch Cloak and Dagger because people kept telling me I should watch it. Uh, I'm like eight episodes into the first season, I think. It's fine. It's so slow. It just mm-hmm. it has what I what it's what I just call like like the Netflix house style, even though it's not a Netflix show, where it's just like you can tell this is shot on like some red 4K cameras. The color palette is just kind of gray for some reason, like all Netflix shows are. And it it's like written and edited and paced with the idea that like you're just going to be on your phone the whole time and you're not really paying attention. And so they're just going to they're just going to take their fucking time in every scene. Like every scene begins and you know like oh, this is a scene where someone's going to apologize. And I'm just going to wait the two and a half minutes for that to finally happen. And it's not like it's interesting. We're just waiting for it to happen in each scene. Like, you know, every new scene that happens, it's like you're you already know the outcome and you're just waiting for them to get there. It's very like like a lot of the CWs got that way. Eventually, uh, shows got that way. But eventually, there like are Arrow. worse examples of this Netflix house style, as you're calling it. There are. I mean, it's fine. I like the actors. I like I would like to see them be more cloak and daggerish rather than like. This is the story of, uh, you know, like a New Orleans, like 
there's some sort of like golf accident or something with an oil rig, you know, it's like Roxon. Yeah. It's it's like, I don't know. Like like the dagger character, Tandy. I mean, she's fun. She's a gamer. Mm -hmm. Uh, I like, I like um, Tyrone there, but it's like, I just feel like they're just saddled with this like lame melodrama. It's like, like, can we get to the good stuff? This is a comic book that I'm so glad they're like, you know, we're not, we're not beholden to this fucking origin because it's, it's like, it's like, weird mutated heroin i mean i don't i don't care about their origin i just want to like can you guys go fight some more fucking crime or something i don't know like get on with it i uh i enjoyed season one it was fine i never started season two so at some point this this is the this is my statement i haven't watched a lot of tv lately Mm -hmm. yeah no right i went and saw yesterday it was okay it was fine it was it was unambitious but you know if you saw the trailer you know what you're getting Cool. I'm gonna see it tomorrow. Um, You're gonna see it yesterday, tomorrow, huh? Yeah, that's how I work. Um, I want to start season two of Dark soon. I am waiting for a few things in my life to transpire before I can do that. Um, I hmm. started watching. What does that mean? It sounds ambiguous to me. What is he up mm-hmm. to? What is he doing? What is it? What is this poorly crafted mystery he's forming? Um, I was rewatching a few episodes of like I guess the new and like final scene season of uh, Elementary is out, and that's one of those. That's one of those dumb shows, man, that I've been watching for years. It's I, like I binge watched like a season of that when I was sick once, and I don't know. It was fun, but I, it's I fun. like it's fine. I, it's I fun. didn't feel like I needed to go back for more. Once, no, uh, I, once I uh, Irene Adler is gone, I was like, peace. Well, and I am almost positive. I think there's been like three or four more episodes than, than I've seen so far because I only watched like episode four today when I was like sitting around doing nothing, and I feel like they're going to bring back Natalie Dormer. The season, I'm I sure like they, they want to, to, yeah, yeah, right. I, but I feel like they have to. <laughs> uh, but it's like you know, I, I find that I like somehow end up in a situation where like I sample either at the gym or whatever, like a couple minutes or a couple scenes of like whatever the latest dumb procedural show is. And this one was one of those ones where I was like so against the premise when it first came out, and it's like you know what, the show is not bad. Like it's it's trying a lot harder and it's trying to be a lot more ambitious than other shows, and it's not amazing, but. It's fine. It's totally fine. You've got good actors doing fine work. Mm. Yeah. Can I just say I, I canceled Netflix a couple of months ago? Could not be happier. I need to cancel Hero my HBO Go to. Hero of the people. I just I, man, I'm I'm reading books. I'm writing. I sat down and wanted to watch something the other day, so I just like dove into my my own catalog and started watching the game, which is an excellent film. Like it's like mm. why don't why don't I do this? Instead of watching these shitty fucking Netflix shows that they it's just like content that they churn out for the masses. Uh, excellent excellent anyway cloak and dagger it's fine i just i wish it would move a little faster i it it, it really has that like netflix marvel show feel like it's got to be some of the same people like somewhere in the chain of command there because it, it's mm-hmm. just like man this could Jeff all Lope. this could all be happening faster this could all be more interesting the um dour bastard jeff Loeb. yeah everything is anyway gray. so elementary johnny lee miller is a weird actor uh, Lucy Liu is one of those actors who I always feel like, why doesn't she have a better career? Why haven't we delivered her something better? Like, I feel like we're letting her down. She's had a her fashion, long career. Her fashion in the last few years in that show has become a bizarre Dada-esque like, work of art. Like It's like Aria times a thousand, but she's an adult woman with a professional job. Hmm. Well, the last season she started wearing a lot of like gangster suits. Like pinstripes? 
Yeah, a lot of pinstripe, like tight, like well tailored suits. Um, huh. like, like the only thing missing was like maybe like a like a, like a doffed fedora and uh, a case that probably contained a Tommy gun. Mm, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we've covered our bases there on the media that we're consuming, the content. Would you like to start us off on Roadhouse? Opening statement. Uh, you know, I was too young to know about bars <laughs> in the 80s. So <laughs> I can only assume that the experience presented in Roadhouse is exactly what it was like to go to bars in the Reagan. It's a documentary. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this movie, what a problematic fave. It's just dripping with this like conservative ideology while still kind of like giving lip service to like populist or progressive ideas. It's so gleefully stupid. It's just one of the dumbest movies you've ever seen. But there's, I feel like there's a charm to its idiocy. It's like I'd rather a movie just commit to its dumb concept rather than like pretensions of serious filmmaking. You know, like mm-hmm. it knows what it is and it steers into it. Um, mm-hmm. This is a movie that treats liquor wholesale distribution like fucking Lexington and Concord. Uh, Patrick Swayze. <laughs> At the peak of his powers? I don't know. Debatable mm-hmm. between this and Point Break. Uh, and you get to see Samuel's pubes. What's not to love? In a statement. You're a man of few words. <laughs> yeah, I really hope everyone is horned up to talk about this movie. Um, it's a movie that, like, if you've never... What I love about it is if you've never seen this you've movie... You've never seen this. Or, well, buckle up. Well, but you, you will not believe the things <laughs> that we will describe. I mean, it is junk food cheesy it's devoid of reality like you said it's stupid macho it's oiled up it's hairsprayed up there's dance fighting there's raw dogs i believe the 1980s was a decade that i'm lucky to have survived because ineffectual men were dying to pull knives at all times it's a western and patrick Swayze is a samurai of a mullet who's like walking around like alternately like fucking shit up and like being goddamn zen and also like this weird like lost paladin of masculinity and like like you too can follow me, gents, into this. Oh man, this what brave a future! I, they're just the the papers that have been written about this film, like deconstructing the the masculinity as it's uh, portrayed here. I'm, I'm sure they're they're in the tens of thousands at least. I wonder. I'm surprised they're not more of like the the fucking like Jonathan Lethem book about like they live. I'm surprised there's not books like pop film analysis of this, but. This is one of those movies where like the guy comes to town and like women are instantly in love with him and like so is every single old man that he meets. I just I want to study it forever. There's so many weird little details that are so fat. It's like the double deuce itself is like the fucking most Eisley Cantina and like you could do an encyclopedia of all the weird characters there. But this is a silly time in America and I didn't know this was the America that I was growing up in in the 80s, but I'm lucky now to have lived long enough to appreciate it end of statement <laughs> <laughs> all right well top moments i've got seven i've got seven too <laughs> and these are some of these aren't in, in any particular order i suppose well, why don't you hit me with your number seven some of these are arbitrary because it's like honestly you could have 12 mm-hmm. but uh my number seven is well first of all kevin teige john Locke's dad uh, john Locke's dad yeah that's that's who i refer There's- to him as there's there's so much going on there that's like not being addressed. Uh, he's at the double deuce for a moment. His his bar. He sees some graffiti on the wall that says "For a great fuck, call whatever number," and he whips out a marker and changes it to "For a great Buick." Mm-hmm. And he does this like sneaky look around, like to make sure no one saw him. Like he doesn't fucking own this dive. <laughs> like he could get in trouble for changing the graffiti on his own walls. <laughs> yeah, 
uh, my number four honorable mention, and maybe this could be higher. I don't know. It's just that uh, after Dalton like finally makes his presence felt at the mm. double douche, uh, the uh, cut to the Jeff Healy guy, the uh, Cody, I think his character's name is the blind mm-hmm. blind guitarist guy. And he, he just like leads into the mic. He's like, the name is Dalton. It's just like so fucking satisfied. Yeah. Okay. So this movie, there are at least three shots where they filmed the sways like he's Batman. Like he's like fucking looking over Gotham City and like there's like this dramatic push in. So it's like in that scene, like 45 seconds earlier, you hear ADR. Who is that guy? And then like Mm. Cody's just like the name's Dalton. (laughs) And he just like does his push in and smile like like he's going to protect the citizens of this town. (laughs) Um, Which, by the way, the sways could have played Batman, right? Uh, man, I don't know. It'd be a very Batman. <laughs> That'd be fascinating. I don't know if he could. I, I, I don't know if he would. Know. I guess it just—it feels like the wrong vibe. I don't know if you could have him. He'd face have been a. Off. You know what? Sway Batman is not the role for Swayze. Uh, he would have been a great Green Arrow. His Green Arrow is like a little weird, right? He's a little uh, loopy. He's like liberal. Green Arrow is much more of this like blowhard. Like braggart who just like loves using women. Green Arrow. I'm not talking about the show necessarily, but the concept of Green Arrow. The, the character of Green Arrow pre Stephen Amell playing him. Seattle's got more of like a goofy vibe from him. Yeah, he's goofy, but like he he likes he likes ladies a lot, and he likes to travel that the country in the seventies with the Green Lantern, like beating up slum lords and like dealing with race issues. Yeah, I feel like that could be Swayze. I think the thing about the Sways is Batman is that you couldn't have him face off against like a, a 67 year old Joker in his first movie like Michael Keaton could do. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, my number six, I think you can argue that Jackie Treehorn himself, Brad Wesley, is a character who's there's not a whole lot of development on him. So he has to like really sell his weird villainous role right away. So his very first scene He's just driving a convertible on both sides of the road, weaving back and forth as he sings along to Life Could Be a Dream, <laughs> causing people to swerve out of the way. Also, he's dressed like Renee from Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, my will mention number three, it's when somebody throws a bottle at Jeff Healy there and it just kind of explodes into his face, like through the chain link fence. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's just like, oh, come on. Yeah. I just like, I, I guess that's how it was in the 80s when you went to the bar. You might get a bottle in the face. The only other time I've seen Chicken Wire in the movies was probably Blues Brothers. So I'm, I just assume that's what all Southern bars, uh-huh. <laughs> like like below the Mason-Dixon, <laughs> we got rednecks and like we're throwing bottles. I mean, my fucking God, like they describe the Double Deuce as a place where they have to sweep up the eyeballs after closing. Mm-hmm. Uh, number five, uh, it's towards the end, like super spoilers, jumping way to the end here. Dalton's like tried to leave town with like his two lovers, Sam Elliott and the doctor played by Kelly Lynch. The doctors refuse to go with him. So he comes back to the bar and he finds like Sam Elliott's like sleeping on the bar. And he's just like, yo, I said one beer, amigo. Runs over, flips him over. Sam Elliott is dead. He's been stabbed in the chest with a knife holding a note that says it was tails, which is like a whole Referencing that the villain was going to flip a coin of which of, uh, you know, either uh, 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 Two-Face or his girlfriend that he was going to kill. Um, and they ended up killing Sam Elliott. But then, like, the Swayze does this, like, brilliantly terrilliantly terrible pained acting as he, like, grabs that knife out of there. <laughs> like, no! 
I guess I'll pull it out. Yeah. Do we ever oh. get Kelly Lynch's real name? Yeah, it's uh, Dr. Elizabeth Clay. Okay, because they just call her Doc the whole time. They're going through this like Doc Holiday thing. Yeah. Oh, everyone's everyone's name is like they took all these names for these old West tales and just put them in a fucking blender, and that's yeah. what everyone's name is. Also, so then the shot after that is you see Sam Elliott's like tattoo in his arm, which is like a heart of a woman's name, like Rose, and like blood just runs over it because he's dead. Yeah, I, I did a little bit of research, which means I read the IMDb trivia, and apparently, uh. The original cut of this movie is like three and a half hours long. Yes. And there was like these massive subplots with uh, Carrie, the other like bartender lady, or I think the waitress. waitress. Yeah. Kathleen Uh, And and Keith David and like all about like Rose and Wade Garrett and all that. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, Yeah. Mine, honorable mention number two, when Dalton brings his medical file with him uh, to the doctor's appointment with Doc there. And uh, we find out that. In his medical file, apparently, is also the information that he went to NYU and he studied philosophy. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. that's not only would that be in your medical file, but you'd bring that with you everywhere. Because you're a guy who like needs his medical file on hand because you got to go to the hospital a lot because you're constantly getting like cut and shot and shit. As as he says, it saves time. Mm-hmm. Um, but the best part too is it's a movie, so she flips this thing open and reads it for three seconds. Yeah. And then she's like, she can recite all of the uh, wounds and cuts and like and fractures he's had, but also that she saw his like diploma. He studied philosophy. That's that goes in your medical file. Of course it does. Of course mm-hmm. it does. Because pain don't hurt. Um, number four is kind of a grab bag. It's any time that a character is told Dalton, Dalton, you know, I thought you'd be bigger. Uh, I, that wouldn't be a complaint of mine, but like. It's just this weird thing where they're trying to make it happen, and I just feel like it's, it's not happening. It's happening. Yeah. I thought you'd be bigger. <laughs> freeze frame. High five. Uh, my number one honorable Can you mention. freeze frame and then high five? You, you can in this movie. <laughs> uh, when Emmett, the uh, like guy who owns a barn or whatever, when he uh-huh. sees Dalton doing his Tai Chi and almost nuts. <laughs> I think or maybe he does <laughs> nut. There's a... There's a couple of old guys who uh, have found out some things about themselves by encountering Dalton, but at least twice somebody comes while looking upon him. Mm-hmm. Like Kathleen Wilhoit comes when she sees him. Mm-hmm. She's those buns. Uh, my number three, Dalton is like giving the first team meeting to the employees of the Double Deuce, the bar he's taking over. Oh, yeah. The he's rules. People. He's giving them rules. He's giving them the rules. Rule number one, be nice. And then how do we know when it's time not to be nice? No, he's rule like, number three is be nice. Rule number one is... Um, Expect the unexpected. No, there's like two parts of it. He like says the same thing twice. It's going to bug me now. Oh. But, but yeah, expect the unexpected part of it. Yeah. So rule, rule number one, be nice. And the guy's like, how do we know when it's time not to be nice? And he's like, you won't. That's my job. I'll tell you. And then the one guy who mouths off, Steve, is just like, someone calls my mama a cocksucker. I'm supposed to be nice to them. Well, is she? <laughs> oh, I love the double deuce. Yeah, my number three is when Carrie brings Dalton his breakfast and then almost nuts. Oh, she nuts. I mean, he's just full commando. Ever, there are so many characters who are just going full commando in this movie. Underwear, no underwear does not exist. I don't. Just so obviously, right against your blue jeans there, man. Obviously, Zipper. he and Doc are like barebacking. But like he does this weird like claw thing up her thighs and under the skirt. I don't think you actually see if she's wearing underoos. I think he 
Like he'd have to pull them down or pull them to the side. Maybe before. maybe they didn't wear underwear in the eighties. Man, I was doing the eighties all wrong. Mm-hmm. Well, Steve wears underwear in this movie. He's the one character. Oh, the uh, the guy who's fucking the girl in the yeah. In he's the part. yeah. He actually pulls up some tidy whities. Amazingly, that might have just been for that scene though. <laughs> maybe. Uh, so my number two is a long one. It's, it's after Red's like shop has been burnt down and they all come back to double deuce and Brad Wesley and his posse have moved in. You get this long sequence where Brad Wesley's going to show them what the new situation is. And so his girlfriend starts doing this weird strip tease. It's all about like neon self-loathing on the stage where everyone watches. And then Jimmy, <laughs> the unholy abomination mixture of uh, Timothy Oliphant and Henry Cavill. Comes out and starts doing a show of his like pool cue as like a bow staff and like flips onto the stage and starts fighting people and it turns into a brawl. I mean, it's just like untethered from the reality. I can't imagine seeing this movie in the fucking theater and just like walking out and being like, whatever, that's a film. Apparently, it was advertised as a comedy and like a romance. Um, it is a movie of love stories. Okay. Like the love story between Wade Garrett and Dalton is for realsies. Okay, I finally found the fucking quote here. The rules are, one, never underestimate your opponent. Expect the unexpected. Yeah. Two, take it outside. Never start anything in the bar unless it's absolutely necessary. And three, be nice. Yeah. All right. Uh, my number two is when uh, Lockstad there goes to recruit Dalton as he's like uh, like doing his own stitches. And like I like how the... Uh, the other guy walks in and he just mm. like quits on the spot. And he's like, thanks a lot, man. Like his old boss. No, it's, it's, it's even more ambiguous than that. He's just like, the bandstand's all yours. And the guy's yeah. just like, that's great. You know, it's like, it's like oh, fucking sarcastic? great. No, I think he's mad. He's just like, oh, great. Now I, I'm losing my best cooler. I actually found a blog where somebody like looked at how many nights Dalton actually works. I don't know how you can tell that time. because it seems like days may pass oh yeah days uh, may pass but like you see eight actual days of uh-huh. work yeah because i mean like at one point like the double deuce is totally remodeled uh, yeah yeah anyway what's your number one uh number one is of course i i i feel like mine is going to match yours but mine's it's not after. it's not okay you're gonna surprise me mm-hmm. my number one is after the fight with jimmy the uh, the real climax of the film, but it's uh-huh. after Dalton drags Jimmy's dead body into the lake, and yells, "Wesley, Wesley, fuck you!" <laughs> and we do this like intense pushing on Brad Wesley's face, big swell in the scores. He's like in his rocking chair on the porch, and then we just cut to like this like sh- still shot of Jimmy's body floating face down. Yeah. In the water. <laughs> No, my number one, uh, you've already somewhat mentioned it, but uh, Dalton's rule speech. I just love the speech. Uh, just The guy's like, being called a cocksucker isn't personal, and Dalton says, no, it's two nouns combined to elicit a prescribed response. Goes, what if somebody calls my mama a whore? Is she? Yeah, it's a line, yeah. <laughs> Classic. <sighs> All right, well, any complaints? No. None? I've got it. I've got a few. I mean, I have some like general thoughts or changes later on, but I feel like I have to like fix some part of like society to like really address some of the complaints of this movie. <laughs> I, I, I would just say that the treatment of women in this movie is problematic. 
at best. For, for sure. But I mean, there's a, there's a very conservative politics running through this movie. Yeah. Like why, why did we have to see that? Like the other blonde Denise, like got beat by Brad Wesley at some point. Like, what was exactly the point of that? Just, like, show he's a bad guy or something? We already knew that. Oh, yeah, we already knew Brad was his bad guy. And, like, yeah. the like the character of Doc, which is hilarious to me because Kelly Lynch apparently spent a month shadowing a real <laughs> ER doctor. Incredible, yeah. Yeah, like, she's barely <laughs> For Roadhouse. That. For fucking Roadhouse. You have one <laughs> hospital scene. Yeah. No, two, but yeah. Okay, like, but I mean, the uh, second scene's, like, she's just, like, there briefly. Yeah. Pressing a button looking at uh, the x-rays, yeah. Um... Yeah, I mean, like, that's, oh, man, this is tough. I don't want to, like, say, like, that's that should be expected because it should never be expected. But, like, I don't know if I was expecting uh, a real progressive attitude from a movie like Roadhouse. Well, I think the movie kind of pretends to be progressive, but it really isn't. I mean, maybe this is, like, progressive for the 80s or something. Uh, I think there's a little bit in the character of Dalton. Um, not so much in Wade Garrett. Dalton seems very small C conservative to me where it's like, he's not this like shit kicking asshole. He's a right. good guy, but he still feels very patriarchal. Right. Uh, anyway, other complaints, not enough Keith David, Keith David is in this movie just like randomly in the background, like halfway through the movie. Single line. Yeah. Whiskey's running low. Mm-hmm. And, well, uh, sorry, good. I was gonna say just, I'm, I am, Maybe you're not, but I am fascinated to know what's in the three and a half hour cut of this movie. Oh, I would definitely want to know. Yeah. Like, I, I, I seriously feel like I don't want this, but like you could not not do like a remake of Ronda Rousey. Thank God that didn't happen. But like <sighs> this is like fodder for like some terrible Netflix TV show. I don't really think you could remake this movie. I don't know. It would be very different. Um, but apparently, like Keith David, like he shows up and gets in a fight it's, it's something to do with the liquor distribution they just like hire him well, to be a bartender or something i think there's like a racial angle too yeah because like, he's the only black character in the whole movie i'm sure there's yeah, a racial yeah. angle yeah yeah um, in, uh missouri uh this is jasper outside of kansas city missouri i believe yeah, yeah. um last complaint the second half of this movie drags i feel like the first half of this movie is like it's just one thing after another of like holy shit i can't believe this is a movie and then I feel like it kind of starts to drag in the second half. It's a little longer than it needs to be. Yeah, I, I, we should have been zipping and zapping, especially after Jimmy's death. Yeah, uh, there's a whole thing. Oh, there's like, there's a lot before that you could cut to. Yeah, but like especially though, once Jimmy dies, like we should be really racing towards the end. All uh, right. Well, let's uh, move into our general discussion here. Let me—I have a question for you. When did you first see this movie? Um, I think with well, I think I've seen bits and pieces on TV when I was younger, but nothing, nothing stuck with me. I knew there was a whole genre of like adult sh- movies that I never really saw in the '80s, and for some reason it interested me. Like I knew like on the weekends they would rerun like Best Little Whorehouse in Texas and things like that. But I think really the first time I actually absorbed it was with you 10 years ago, 15 years ago. Okay. I, I don't totally remember. I It was at least either in college or after college I saw something. I think it was. Maybe, you watched it in the casino, right? Maybe that was it. Yeah. Where I just kind of saw it. You were watching it with the sound off. Yeah. 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 Because I definitely didn't see this for until I was like in my 20s. Um, I, I think my impression of this movie before then was that it was like maybe like a 
of like a romance type movie or maybe in, it was like about a band at a bar or something. Like I had no idea mm. what this movie's about when mm. I saw it. Yeah. I, the whole concept of a cooler in general. Amazing. Well, you think it's the William H. Macy thing? Yeah. Which that's Although I didn't, I didn't think about. that. Like I just I had no idea what this movie's like my conception of this movie is completely wrong. Okay. Um, why does Dalton drive a Mercedes at the beginning? What does the one guy say? Like, no one buys cars in Detroit anymore. <laughs> well, it's like, I guess it's supposed to show that he's like cosmopolitan or something. He has like, he has like a, a burner car that he drives around, but then he has this nice Mercedes too. Well, the burner car thing makes sense. The movie goes out of its way. Yeah, yeah. But like the movie does a lot of these like subtle things that are supposed to indicate like a much more in-depth backstory to these elements uh-huh. like that but they're not really there is the same movie that the title card flashes on top of a, a woman's ass that's wrapped in a spandex dress yeah oh there's nothing more 80s than the first 30s i didn't even write first 30 seconds of the movie i wrote the first thirsty seconds of this movie mm-hmm. uh some ridiculous 80s song panning over neon piano keys and a sign a magnum pi ferrari Watching like the blonde's feet like, strutting around high heels as she gets out of the car, and then on on screen, Patrick Swayze. Oh, and it's like neon pink title cards, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, the lead singer in that band, the the bandstand, the the club at the beginning, that dude is dressed like he might be a vampire, except for the guitar. I was like, is that Stevie Ray Vaughan? I, I like how you're like. I wouldn't even know. Stevie Ray yeah. Vaughan could walk right up next to me in, in the Starbucks and I wouldn't know. That's true. Isn't he dead though? Yes, he's very dead. Or is he? Yeah. I, the, well, one of the weird things about this movie is that I, I saw this movie after I'd seen at least some of Lost. And so like when Locke's dad shows up, I'm like, I don't trust that guy. It's Locke's dad. Fuck that guy. Let me ask you a question. What the fuck is going on with Kevin Taggy's character in this movie? He, I don't know. I, 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 seven Secrets. He's so weird and I don't. It may just be because I'm bringing my Lockstad knowledge into it, you know. Like I don't. I don't so no, I I think it's him. His his energy is one. He's either going to start sucking your cock, or two, he's going to burn down an orphanage, or three, both at the same time. He like, just seems untrustworthy. He like his whole chapter seven of my book about this will be. Uh, I've recently come into some money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what the fuck? He'd he like to improve like, the double deuce, yeah. Well, and like throughout the movie, does it not seem like until towards the end, he's actively trying not to be noticed by Brad Wesley? I guess so, yeah. He he's very much he's he's super passive. Like you can tell he doesn't really want to fire uh Wesley's nephew. Like he he only kind of oh, does he it because he has to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean there's a part later on where he's like in his office at the double deuce, like looking at the plans for the new double deuce. Like he's looking at the fucking Death Star plans. Uh-huh. It just made me think that like Kevin Teige could be like, if you made Star Wars like seven years later and it was more American based, he could have been the emperor. Like a very weird emperor. I see him more as like a Tarkin type character. Sure. Like uh, like emperor with like suspenders. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, this whole first shot of uh, him, he locks that here walking through the bar. Uh, in L, I think this is L.A., right? I'm not sure where this is. I, don't I feel, think, I feel I don't like think they said it was L.A. Could be wrong. But he's walking through this bar, and it's a lot of like 
him like I, I think it's supposed to be subjective point of view because it's just like tit shot tit shot and then yeah, like yeah. shot of uh the bill and like somebody putting their credit card down or like somebody throwing on like a hundred dollar bill hundreds. yeah of, throwing a yeah. hundred down and it's like this movie's like weirdly super capitalistic it's all about mm-hmm. like he just wants to like have a bar that can overcharge the fuck out of people for liquor mm-hmm. but he needs to you know clean it up a little first yeah then the inciting incident in the the brawl at this first club is an altercation that's <laughs> quick, kicked off before you get huh. to this altercation just the first shot at dalton it's like from behind him and he's got this like crazy little like i don't know what that is it's like curl like a cow it's not a cow yes. like i don't know what you call that like this big curl of bangs at the front of his hair and he's like nodding his head to the beat but like trying to yep. do like a cool guy nod to the head where he's like oh, barely he's cool moving guy. yeah but he's nodding his head hilarious i'm just telling you 1989 you're you and you show up in this bar and like patrick Swayze comes up and he like handsome guy smiles at you you're like whoa <laughs> it's a little warm in here <laughs> could you not look right at me <laughs> um like, I don't know who has more hairspray, too, him or Kelly Lynch. Probably him. I mean, like, he's he's literally got the waves that he would surf in Point Break on top of his head there. But yeah, this altercation later on is literally kicked off by a guy kicking a woman in, a, in the vagina. Yes, yeah, <laughs> so he kicks her in the fucking a, triangle, yeah. Because she stabs a knife. She's I forgot. First knife in the woman in the movie belongs to a woman. She stabs a knife into his money on the table. And he literally kicks her in the triangle. Yeah. And there's a big fight and then he gets cut and he doesn't even seem to mind. No, because then he's just like, he's like, everyone thinks for some reason they look at, I mean, like, it's not like he's a huge guy. Yeah. But he's in pretty good shape. But they're always just like, Dalton, I always thought I could take you in a fight. It's like, why? Well, they like, they do the thing where all the bouncers like walk these guys out and you think there's going to be a fight outside. And then he just like smiles and turns around and walks back inside. Yeah. I mean, again, horny movie. Like people are horny to fight. They're horny to fuck. They'd rather fight, I think. Yeah. Um, also, it's like someone took their living room curtains and turned them into Patrick Swayze's pants. But with well, all of the material, he's wearing like parachute pants through the whole movie yeah. or something. Yeah. Like these, like super pleated pants. Like I guess, like to give him room to like do his like drop kicks or whatever. But um, I'm just saying, Kevin Tyke and Sam Elliott could also fit in those pants. <laughs> yeah. He also has like he wears a lot of jackets that seem like way too big for him. Like yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it was just like the late '80s style or something. Yeah. And again, I'm. I'm a literal guy on occasion. It used to be a sweet deal, the Double Deuce. Now it's the kind of place where they sweep up the eyeballs after closing. That's like just like, who shots. would go there? Yes, who would actually go to that bar? Burning it down for the insurance <laughs> money. That's my question. Um, but I feel like it requires a lot of things before a guy like Dalton shows up. Because also, the Double Deuce at this point isn't even so much of a nightclub or a bar. It's like a sex basement. And yet, Kevin Tige has business cards for the place oh yeah yeah the, the double deuce or the double douche as uh, sam elliott likes to call it which i'm not sure if that's intentional or if that's just the way he talks <laughs> wade garrett man i mean i'm i'm excited to see lin-manuel miranda as uh uh what's his face in the uh, materials lee scoresby but like there's never been more perfect casting than sam elliott as lee scoresby and the that's the thing compass. about that first Golden Compass movie. Amazing casting. Well cast, incredibly. The trailer for the TV show doesn't light my ass on fire. 
I don't think it's supposed to. I think it's just like if you've seen the the or if you've read the books, you know. Ooh, look, mm-hmm. there's all the things, but it's like it's not really. It's not designed to build uh, an awareness of, like what the show's about, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that Golden Compass movie is not terrible. I wish they'd kept the actual ending of the book on there. Yeah. I don't because I just don't think that uh, what's his name, James other McAvoy? Professor X. Maxwell? Yeah, I don't. He's he's not Daniel Craig. I mean, he's definitely your budget, Daniel Craig. He's <laughs> TV. But here's Daniel the thing: Craig. he's not in the. Mo- I, I, I'm curious as to see how much they include him because he's not in the books that much. At least he's the beginning, the end of the first book. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, uh, yeah, how much will he be in this show? That's a good mm-hmm. question. So, Dalton takes a job. He's going to go to the Double Deuce. He's going to drive because flying is not safe. Uh, his fee. <laughs> 5000 up front, 500 a night. You pay all medical expenses. That's not bad. That seems like a lot of money for the 80s. Yeah, it seems like a lot of money. I mean, because even now, I mean, he's making, what is that, like $60 an hour? I mean, are you getting that in writing? Like, is there no, a contract there? You pay all medical expenses? Oh, shit. That guy, that's some serious dismemberment there. That's that's a, a life-afflicting injury. Am I going to pay that? Or am I just going to be like, oh. I don't know, this guy? Kevin Tiggy's Kevin Tiggy though. Yeah. I mean, sure he's going to be like, but Dalton, come stand by this window real quick and yeah. push. <laughs> but he says I can live with that. Um, well, you know that Dalton's a good guy because he just gives his whole car to this homeless guy. This is uh, well, like the other guy's like, what do I look like, Malay? <laughs> but like, that's kind of a bucket list moment. Like, just be like, here, take my car. Take my, sh- take my shitty car because I have a a, a good one, a car waiting for me. I think Bruce Wayne does a jacket is what he does. A jacket. That's yeah. Nice coat. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, like he has my kind of like old older Buick. Speaking of know, which, I, I'm gonna guy. I'm gonna make a proposal that then we do those movies next. The Batman movies. Uh-huh. Uh My only counter to that, it doesn't have to be next. Is didn't this kind of make you want to watch Point Break? It did. I'll okay. be honest, it did. Yeah, yeah. Especially since like uh we're on like the fifth Keanuance. He just keeps coming back. He will not die. He's people, the cool, people keep asking cool if he's back. Yeah, he's back. Um so we get to we get to Jasper. It looks like a normal town, at least on Main Street, in the single shot in which we will see it looking like a normal town yeah, and not like a series of facades built somewhere in Los Angeles for this movie. Not just like a couple of buildings in dirt somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, cause this for half this movie, I'm like, why don't you fuckers just burn this town down and erase all the maps and no one will ever know. Does the double douche, does it have like a really high ceiling or are there like offices up there? Cause it's definitely like two stories tall. Maybe it just has a high ceiling. Yeah, I mean, you would think that that the highest place would be Kevin Tiggy's office, and that's just yeah. a slightly elevated thing. Yeah, I guess just a super high ceiling. Yeah, probably just because of the stink, just because of the smoke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, just, um, I really oh, wonder, like, is is this what, like, and not just this club itself, which is insane, but like this movie seems to paint a picture of like, well, this is just what adults did in the eighties. Like, seemingly, this is the only bar in town. Is the vibe I get, and like, and yet everyone just goes. Bar. And yet they do go to another bar. That's true. Yeah, but seemingly it's the only bar in town and just everyone shows up and there's fights and lots of drinking. But like this, this was what nightlife was because there was literally nothing else to do. 
There were three I channels just, on television and no internet. Yeah, like you're working this is for this weekend. I just uh-huh. noticed that Jeff Healy's drummer looks like he's in the Dexy's Midnight oh, Runners. That dude is I one hundred percent in Dex in uh Dexy's Midnight Runners. Yeah, he's got the bandana and the suspenders and everything. That's the perm. Those I like two, how after they remodel those guys come out in like nicer clothes for some reason. <laughs> well, I love it they're in the, the staff meeting. Yeah. <laughs> they're employees of the double douche. Um, but yeah, like the high ceilings, let's talk about the assorted smells located here. The piss, the shit, the, the vomit. Oh, for sure. The cum, the yeast infections, Ooh. the sweaty, gross balls, just a lot of stale beer. Yeah. A lot of stale beer, the ashtrays. This plate must smell fucking disgusting. Yeah. Like, like I retract my earlier statement. The double deuce is a sex barn, not a sex basement. Sex barn. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. You have to have a tolerance for the uh, fragrance of nature to enjoy this place. Yeah, so the band has to perform behind chicken wire for their own sake. Because people are constantly throwing bottles at them that are, like explode in the chicken wire into their face. <laughs> Which, I guess if it only hits Cody's face one time, you're fucking lucky, Cody. Also, I love that like he's not for the half the movie. I thought he's playing slide guitar. He's not. There's no reason. No, it's just, that's how he plays like guitar because that. that's how he yeah. learned it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Who would go to this bar? It seems dangerous. Like how much oh. furniture do they have to replace every night? Like I think they like at least like 10 different tables and like a bunch of chairs get like turned into kindling in this bar the, fight here. The, the glasses. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, how many how many glasses are you replacing every night? Well, I, I refuse to believe that these shitty bouncers too are picking up brooms and going to work once everyone yeah. leaves too. So it's like who's cleaning all this every night? Yeah, Dexy. Yeah, seriously, is there a janitor? Uh, by the <laughs> way, Dexy there behind the, the drum kit. Those are some really high symbols. They're like up <laughs> over his head high, like he's Van Halen or something. Uh, yeah, like once you see that guy like, again. Just let your eyes linger on like a single character in the background and then try to look away. There's so much rich fucking weird detail. And like the ADR of the two guys who are like fighting by the pool table and it's like, ah, oh, fuck them. They're brothers. And you hear yeah. the one guy yell, you're ripping my best shirt. Yeah. Uh, Carrie, the waitress here, just getting groped as she tries to deliver drinks, drops a whole like uh, tray full of drinks and break on the ground. And I guess that's just normal. Like, no one gets charged for that? I don't know. Bartenders are uh, all enjoying themselves beers. Steve, the bartender, exclusively likes underage women. Yeah, that guy's gross. And Um, bad lines. You know I get off at two, and I have to get you off about a half an hour after that. Which, at least he's paying lip service to her pleasure, I guess. Um, the, The chick who's pulling the, like... Money out of her like bra to like buy the drugs from the waitress. First of all, you can buy drugs from your waitress here. Like, yeah, they why, have cocaine why, in Jasper, Missouri. Apparently, why is the waitress even like fuck it? Just come into the bathroom and do that. Like, who? I don't see any sign that anyone here gives a shit. <laughs> well, not yet. But Dalton just showed up. Yeah, I like how he walks through. He's just checking out what a dysfunctional shithole this is, and he's like not doing anything. He's just watching. Oh yeah, of course. No one knows who he is yet. I like how the one weird guy who, like, when Dalton leans against the pole, like, he, like, oh, shit. And he just, like, well, he, like, he kind of stares at him and then gets up and walks away. Yeah, it's really weird. Um, you want to talk about Denise? Yeah, I just, Denise just popped up on my screen. What's vodka, vodka rocks? Like, uh, what's Denise's deal? Like, is she dating Brad Wesley at this point in this first scene? I think she's, it might be his wife. It's, it's unclear. Um, 
I think the purpose of the Denise character is that this is like the too peroxided out blonde, like too Hollywood, like a little too trashy. Like this is the bad girl who's mm-hmm. like she will tempt uh, Dalton with her, you know, sed- seductress ways. But like, no, he's going to go for Kelly Lynch. who's She's also a hot blonde, but she's like, I don't know, like not as much spray paint, uh, hairspray and, uh, you know, like bleach in her hair or whatever. So it's like, she's the good one because she's Mm -hmm. more like down home and like traditional. Like, I think Mm -hmm. that's, what's going on here. Like the Denise is just like this oversex, like desperate chick who's throwing herself at him constantly. And so his rejection of her is like a sign that like, Oh, he's, you know, observes traditional, like conservative ideals. He doesn't like girls throwing their shit at him. So this is where Dalton and I drastically differ because oh, I yeah. find Kelly Lynch to be boring. This movie. Um, I believe this actress's name is Julie something or other. Um, she's like a stunt woman. She like has done a shit ton of stunt work. It's pretty awesome. You look at her IMDb. Well, also here's something I love about this movie in this time. When you have a bunch, you have a movie where like 85% of it is fucking ridiculous fight scenes. There's like nine uh-huh. fight scenes in this movie. You just cast stuntmen yeah. and stunt stunt women to like be characters because apparently there were no other stunt people. There was like a fight coordinator and that was it. And it I don't know, it just that's that's awesome to me. Um also I love that the 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 perm bouncer, I think his name is Terry Funk, like roids out when the one guy's just like, Hey vodka rocks, let's get nipple to nipple. Oh, he just like throws that dude into like a table full of ten people or yeah. something. <laughs> Paying customers. <laughs> yeah. Just starts a brawl right there. Uh, and then, of course, Carrie Ann, Captain Lohoyt, who was like Luke's sister in the Gilmore Girls, is just like, you got a name. And Dalton's like, yeah, Dalton. I, what I love about this movie is that there's this weird like like an underground bar culture that apparently exists where like people know who Dalton is like yeah. throughout the whole country, pretty- apparently like, oh, yeah, that guy I heard down in like you know alabama or whatever he like ripped guys throat out or something like that it's like they've heard about this guy memphis yeah all over the place i thought you'd be bigger presumably dalton's whole cross that he has to bear is facing the aftermath of memphis it's because he was he was sleeping with another man's wife and i think he didn't know that the guy was married or something or that she was married yeah Yeah, he pulled a gun and yeah yeah. Um, also, the bartender's John Doe from the punk band X, who yeah. is just despicable in this movie. Oh, he's such a sleaze. Also, um, so like not only do like they know who Dalton is, but they're the Healy character, Cody, the band guy. Like mm. they know him. Like as though there's like just like a circuit that they're all on, where they like <laughs> rotate around from like shithole bar in the middle of nowhere to shithole bar in the middle of nowhere. Oh, muse, their let's trade. see you the tale of Dalton. Yeah. Um. Although the thing is, though. Dalton's not the best. Wade Garrett's the best. Wade Garrett's the best. Wade Garrett's getting old. Getting old. Yeah. Uh, one of the one of the bouncers is just asleep. There's also a guy passed out on stairs. That's his place. Yeah. One guy is just dancing shirtless with his light beer to the Jeff Healy band. Oh, there's definitely just like dudes shirtless in this movie. Yeah. A lot of like shirts unbuttoned down to stomachs. Uh-huh. I mean, I guess that's a confidence that you can display. It was the eighties. Yeah. Um, yeah, like you said, I love that his legend passes amongst this trash. So you get the guy who's like propositioning his girlfriends, like for twenty bucks you can kiss him, meaning her boobs. Yeah, who? What? What? Like he, what girl? It would be like why? Yes, uh, boyfriend or husband or whatever. You were allowed to pimp out my boobs for a while. Yeah, 
Yeah, like fake Lonnie Anderson here. But like uh, the guy who's going to start fondling her boobs, his friend who looks like little baby Roy, Ray Romano is just like, do it. Go on. Do it. So he's just like fondling these boobs like he's about to come. This is one of those scenes where I'm like, did it have to be this way? Was this how you had to start the fight? You know, <laughs> and then he's just like, but are you going to kiss them or what? And he's just like, I can't. I don't have any money. So he like backhands this guy into more paying customers. And a big fight breaks out. I just want to know, do they really have coffee like ready to go at bars at night? Is that something they brew like for the, the, the designated drivers or something like that? Like, can you just go into a bar and just be like coffee black? And they're just like, yes, like why? Yes, staff, I have coffee and not fuck you. I feel like staff has to like drink coffee occasionally. right? I guess. Yeah, maybe. I mean, personally, I'm not the guy who needs to like charm my bartender at all times. Mm. Every once in a while, if like the bartender is going to enter the social equation, I would like them to have a drink of me because otherwise I feel like I'm being poisoned. Mm. Um, also, the mentally challenged guy. At Which the bar. guy is that? <laughs> the guy, oh, the guy who like, keeps laughing at everything. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. think he's literally supposed to be mentally challenged. I think he's just dipshit. Okay, because there's two guys in this this movie. There's him and Tiny Ron. There's a lot of just like ridiculous '80s bit players who like somehow I know their name. Hmm. <laughs> but yeah, people are being thrown. People are being thrown like like tens of feet. Well, they're, we're being introduced to all their players. There's like. There's the overly aggressive bouncers who, like, we we will soon learn are kind of like the bad guys. And there's like the kind of other bouncers who are just like trying to do their job and get the shit kicked out of them, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, there's like this weird. It, I, I will say this movie does a remarkably good job with tone because it's ridiculous. But like, this brawl could be just flat out, like, you know, like I'm watching like Airplane, you know, yeah. like Zucker Brothers or yeah. something. Also, the, the guy you refer to as a mentor challenge guy, that guy definitely looks like a young Norm MacDonald. <laughs> At one point, this blonde chick like breaks a bottle over this dude's head and he turns around and punches her in the face. Mm-hmm. Like a, a bunch of the women are all like hiding over in the corner, like Denise and Carrie are there and she's like blocks a bottle with her tray. Yeah, she's like a shield, and then she like whips the guy over the head with her shield, like she's fucking Captain yeah. America. Who would ever go here? You're like, yes, it's Friday night, therefore I must go to the only bar in town because there's literally nothing else to do. And uh, you know, sometimes there are fights; people uh, they get cut, they have to go to the hospital. Many tables are broken, but that's just uh, part of the experience. So uh, when we throw around terms like deplorables. <laughs> This is who we're talking about. Also, what I love is that at the end, after things are kind of being cleaned up, you got like Steve, who's like really worried about like the bruise on his face. He got cut, I think. Yeah. You pan over. Even the band, even Cody have groupies. They've got like the best groupies in the place. Oh, good. And thank God. Yeah. They're they're the band members. I mean, come on. Even Dexy over there. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Also, Perm Bouncer, Terry Southern is like. Like, you know, I heard you got balls big enough to come in a dub track, but you don't look like much to me. And Dalton's just yeah, like, so shit yet. Yeah. Opinions vary. And like, I guess technically most guys could come in a dump truck if they choose. I mean, no one's saying you have to fill the dump truck. I think that's, that's the, uh, that's the impression though. You but know, still, that's the implication. That's more, that's more intense. You know what, what is really weird? Yeah, There's yeah. this guy I knew who's a little older than me, kind of older friend I had in like when I was like 12 and 13. I feel like he was definitely doing adult the whole time and I didn't know it, you know. The whole like opinions vary like the way he's like 
he has these like short like dumb responses that are supposed to be like these like sick burns or something like that like he thought like he was the star of his own zen tv show it's uh what is the character's name on venture brothers who like might be rusty's real son oh uh uh oh fuck yeah i know it's into the h maybe but i get like that kind of vibe from dalton is it heath no. it's a name like heath right i'll look it up you talk is he so he's not he's rusty's son and not brock's right like wasn't I, the the inference at yeah. first that he was Brock's and now it's like it's actually he's Rusty's. Yeah. I don't want that character. Oh, uh uh oh shit, I just had it for a second. All right, let's see if I can get to it here. Everyone take Dermot, a look at what we talked is about. It Dermot? Dermot. Yeah. Dermot. It's Dermot, yeah. Yeah, I get a little bit of a Dermot vibe from uh Dalton here. Whoa. Whoa. No? No, I don't like that. I mean no. Dalton who's younger. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe he had an awkward phase that he grew out of and he grew into this. I really need well, to, I feel like there might be like more episodes that show I haven't downloaded yet. I need to go find those. All I'm saying is that when they do finally for realsies and the Venture Brothers, I hope it's like by choice. Like I hope they like write what they intend to be a final episode. I don't know why they wouldn't. That show's been on, I feel like half our well, lives or something. I feel like the the main guy has gone off to do, he's like working on some other show. Hmm. So I don't know when him and Doc Hammer like get time to like actually work on this show but like otherwise i feel like gargantua one should have been the final episode i don't know the the whatever the season was when they were in new york that was like a really solid season it was but gargantua one would have been a great last episode um so like there's the movie has these little scenes like so dalton goes to buy a used car because i guess he's gonna stay he needs a burner car we see the owner of the used car lot being thwarted in his attempt to like just fix the ravagers on his TV and like watch it show while he eats a sandwich. Like, why does it do this? I don't know. This is the world of Jasper. Mm-hmm. What a um, town. Yeah. Yeah. So then, then the movie does little things where Don goes and buys like a shit ton of extra tires. He's going to need them. And they do that thing where like he's like loaded. He's just like dumping them in the, the trunk. They clearly will not all fit. But the somehow they shot, do. Next shot, he's just slamming the trunk shut. All yeah, fixed. It's amazing. This is where his mullet mullet looks especially something else here, too. Yeah, he gets like a wave from the tire guy. (laughs) Yeah, there's all these like salt of the earth old bastards in this movie who like all love Dalton because he's like he's supposed to represent like their kind of like simple conservative ideals like passed on into a younger like hot guy, basically. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 very much a Western in that regard. Like this fucking Shane riding into town. So then he drives out to this farm in the lake where he'll rent a room at the top of the barn. Score changes. I thought this was like a love theme for, at first. I think it is him and Emmett. I think it's I that or it's like Dalton's love for recentering himself, returning to nature, listening to the rhythm of his place in the universe, or like, like Emmett's going to have some real feelings for him. The fragrance of but nature. This, um. Oh shit! What is his name? Uh, Emmett and like Red's name is Red. actually Red in real yeah. life. Emmett's name is it's Sunshine. sunshine. Yeah. <laughs> but this loft other than being in a barn and having no conditioned air is a serious fuck pad. It is a fuck pad, but it smells like shit. I feel like you just got to remember that the whole time when he's like railing Kelly Lynch up against a fucking brick wall, which out brick wall, which all in love, right? She is just, she is inhaling and in her throats of passion and she's smelling poop. Yeah. What she says earlier doesn't bother me. Uh, Sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You get used to it. I guess when you live in Jasper, you get used to it. (laughs) <laughs> cresting the waves of the AIDS explosion into America and he is inside of her with not an ounce of a condom on 
and just slamming her in his ballet fucking up against the brick wall. Also, is there a bathroom in this fuck pad? Where does Dalton I, I think he, he's in a bathroom. There's shit everywhere. Does he like hose himself off in front of Emmett? <laughs> also, these windows are designed for you to fall out of. Yeah, they just open to nothing. They just open. Like even if you like full like, if you floor to ceiling all- windows, like they just open to nothing. If- if you let them swing all the way, like if you reach to like pull those clothes, you you might lose your balance and fall. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's literally <laughs> a stable below him in this loft. I don't, I don't, I could not handle that. I'm not big on the smell of poop. I like the idea of a loft, but not if there's a bunch of horse shit below me. Literally, like if it never been a real working barn, like if it had been decorative, sure. decorative for some reason, I'd be like, okay, yeah. If it was I'd a barn like- twenty years ago. And then they shot all the horses, and there's been no no new fresh shit in there since then. Yeah, of any kind. Yeah. So Brad Wesley also loves flying his helicopter over and like fucking up the farm, <laughs> like buzzing this guy. Yeah, and his fucking helicopter. Like, guess, like, like, where is he coming from? No, exactly. Like, where is he coming from? Where is he going with this helicopter? <laughs> like so into you know, Kansas City or something? I don't know. Kingdom is Jasper. Like he's bringing the J.C. Penny solely to Jasper. Well, I have a theory on what Brad Wesley represents here. Okay, what you got? Democrats. He oh. is this like sleazy guy who's formed this like Jasper Improvement Committee that goes around and collects his, you know, taxes essentially from all gotcha. the other businesses. And but he's hoarding them all for himself. He claims to be improving the city, but he's getting rich off it. Mm. And all all the kind of salt of the earth you know, farmers and like local, you know, shop owners are going to team up against him at the end of the movie and get rid of that. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, again, this, this is like the evolution he's, of Trump's America. Here. But he's like, he's like, he's sleazy. He has these crazy Bacchanalia parties at his mansion. He's flying around in a helicopter. He's not like a true, you know, member of the town. Like he's like corrupted, you know? And yet it's funny too, is that he's still, he still dances in that world. He presumably was in the Korean War. He's clearly into big game hunting in an obnoxious way. Yeah. Uh, is there a non-obnoxious way? Yeah, seriously. Um, also, Ben Gazzara, though, for a character who's like massively underwritten, perfectly cast. Like oh. He has this great, deranged, sinister smile. Oh, and I couldn't watch this movie without thinking of Jackie Treehorn the whole time, because that's who I knew Ben Gazzara's first before I saw it. And yet I feel like you and I are both doing it all wrong. We should have been watching Jackie Treehorn and thinking of Brad Wesley. Probably, yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so Emmett is this just folksy, weird fucking guy. Like, like, his first question is, are you honest? The second question is, you're not going to steal my horses, are you? Well, it's like, I wouldn't even charge you, but the Presbyterians would be mad at me if I didn't. How's $100 sound? Jesus Christ, $100 a month in rent? Holy shit. Well, that's the thing, though. All that shit. Yeah, I mean... I mean, this is what you would negotiate him down to, right? I don't know. Somebody tell me what, like, a two-bedroom apartment in L.A. would go for in 1989 so I can just throw up. <laughs> uh, and it's this fucking weird, folksy logic, though. Like, Dalton calls him sir because he's respectful to the older generation. Uh-huh. And he's like, call me sir. It's like putting an elevator in an outhouse. It don't belong. Um, so the team meeting, the staff meeting here, when Kevin Tiger informs everyone that Dalton's in charge, what he says goes. So they start firing people. I guess Kevin Tiger's like, I love it. He's just like, so and so, you're out of here. Yeah, no <laughs> dealing. 
Um, it's my way or the highway. That's 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 a classic '80s phrase that I feel like I heard a thousand times, and I wonder if this is the etymology of it. Locks that is just lurking in the background, like to hand out like severance pay. Yeah, just like his like sinister like evil blowjob energy, um, and like Dalton has you know logic that I feel like to these guys is revolutionary, but it seems like it makes a lot of sense to me, which is people who really want to have a good time won't come to a slaughterhouse. And I do that feel like fair. I do feel like maybe they should show this scene, like to like you know where they have like a home ec or like consumer finance or whatever in high school. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like all seventeen year olds should watch this scene to understand like how to behave at a bar. You know, seventeen year olds should learn how to behave in a bar. That to learn how to behave in a bar. You know, like be chill. People are just there to have a good time. Don't be a toxic asshole, basically. Okay, for like later on in life, or just yeah, for later for later on in life, yeah. Okay, not when they get like their fake ID. No, no. Or when they get into a bar at seventeen with their Sears credit card. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> well, and really, this movie is just all about the uh, profit margins that bars can make when you've got a good wholesale liquor distributor. Yeah, yeah. Which apparently Brad Wesley had the market cornered on. Yeah, he like owns all the liquor distribution in town. Or this, it's they. But Dalton's they got really, a guy. They really respond to like who you're beefing with, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So after after he gives his rules and speech and whatnot, like the next scene, Denise is there being weird and predatory again and like staring oh, wait, down Dalton like she's going to fuck him. Yeah. Is is in the team meeting, is Dalton wearing like a short sleeve mock turtleneck? Uh, I think it's just, well, it is a little a high collar. It's a high collar. Yeah. Okay. Not quite a turtleneck, but that's definitely not your typical like you know, undershirt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so once she gets up on the table to dance, her boyfriend is like like wearing a Hawaiian shirt. You know, the the bouncers are like, this is the first time like the new rules like don't let women dance on tables. They have to like like enforce. And then one dude's just like immediately pulling a switchblade and being like, "Come on, motherfucker." I like how this guy, he just gets like punched in the face and he has to like look over at Dalton like, come on, man. <laughs> you know, like, what, yeah, what do yeah. I do? And Dalton's yeah. just like, get in there. Yeah. Dalton, uh, Dalton just easily like subdues this guy and escorts him. Yeah, like out. bashes his face into a table, breaks the table because of course, you know. I mean, holy this, crap. This I, is the uh, the name is Dalton moment. I just got to that bit. You're right. Like Denise is like firing like fuck lasers out of her eye sockets at Dalton. Well, it's like what it it only makes sense because of like, I don't know, like the kind of themes you're setting up or whatever. But like her character, like she's not a person, you know, like no, there's no. no interiority there at all. Like this person would not exist in real life. No, the only thing she does besides go to this bar is aerobics and cover her like black eyes. Uh-huh. Um, so Steve gets fired for fucking some random chick. No, well, Steve, who he takes this girl into the stock room, bends her over. He gets like completely nude. Yeah, she, she just like she's just got her, her shirt up. up. Yeah, yeah, and he like fucks her from behind with uh, "You're gonna be my regular Saturday night thing." Like that's what's getting him hot. That, the girls Dalton love to op- hear that. Yeah, Dalton opens the door. There's like just light thrust into the room. And he's like, "Yo, Steve, your history." And the guy's like. But I'm on my break. And he's like, stay on it. And the girl has to look like, like, oopsie. She has a hilarious look on her face. Like, whoops, I don't care. I didn't just get fired. Yeah. But also. I might have like, herpes now, but. 
Well, she's like, thank God, like, you know, they didn't call the cops because I'm only like 16. Yeah. Um, what's wild, too, is Steve is the one guy who gets fired from the double deuce and then doesn't go to work for Ben Gazzara. Yeah, he's the only guy who he'll, he'll apply his trade elsewhere. Although he probably also lives with his parents. Maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, Pat gets fired here. The nephew because he's been skimming from the till. What a sleaze bag. Kevin died. He's like, well, it was a good night. Nobody died. Yeah. And then uh, the people actually die. Also, we haven't talked about it. You will not see the police until the end of the movie. The police do not exist in this movie until very late. Yeah. The sheriff is mentioned once. He's in the pocket of Brad Wesley, and then you will not see him again until the end of the movie. Yeah. So night's over. Dalton goes out to his car. There's a big fucking hole in the windshield. And um, I think the tires, the tires are slashed. The antenna's broken. Not the stop sign yet. No. And then like, Cut to this insane Bacchanalia where it's like the pool orgy. These random people over at Brad Wesley's house, which is across the river from where Dalton's chilling or Creek, maybe. I don't know what you call that. It's not a very wide river. Um, Mm. It's just like there's like dozens of people just running to the pool at Wesley's house, like tearing their clothes off left and right. Like it's just like an insane orgy is about to happen here. And Dalton, the classy guy that he is, he's like reading a. Um, Legends of the Legend Fall. of the Fall, yeah, and he 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 kills <laughs> the light because he's like, oh, I want to watch, but I don't want to be weird and like have this light on, so I'm going to kill the light while I watch this bacchanalia happen across the street, or like also, naked it, women are being thrown into a pool and shit like that. And this uh, weird fucking tall guy who's doing this weird dance, Tiny Ron. Yeah. I love this guy. He's just like dancing by himself, right? It's like seven feet tall. What a creep. Yeah, he's only in two fucking scenes of this movie. But man, he makes an impression. Yeah, like just schlubby dudes, local hotties, splashy, splashy bacchanal. This is like the this is like Brad Wesley's like fucking Great Gatsby parties that he has. Yeah, he's just looking for that green light. Yeah. Um, so of course Dalton, by the way, sleeps in the nude the next sleeps morning. Sleeps in the nude, just pulls on those jeans immediately. Just oh man, that's rough. Man, man, it's like when we we actually like just, did the math, the investigative journalism of like what Caleb smelled like. Yeah. Just imagine Dalton here. Fragrance of nature. Yeah, so Carrie Ann comes over at breakfast, sees his buns. Nuts. Oh, and maybe something else, because we don't know exactly what she's seeing, but she she basically orgasms. Yeah. Like Dalton drops something, bends over, and she just sees the, the entire butcher shop. Well, there, there does seem to be a thing here where like she's like coming over to make a play for him, but I guess he's just so completely uninterested and never comes up again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, man. Um, so there's this whole plot line where we meet Red, who works at the auto shop, and like uh, Red has got some gross attitudes towards women. As, Red as is the m- uncle, dude. I think, of Doc, yeah. right? And yeah, it's like they raised each other. He says, yeah. And then like uh, this is where Wesley shows up, and then he's got the dragon behind him. There, Jimmy, uh, and they're just like doing some sort of like mob shakedown also, type thing, where it's like, like protection racket or something. He has an auto parts store like right across from like the sexual slaughterhouse that is the double dude. It says that he married an ugly woman, which took the fight out of him, and she left him for someone uglier than she was, which fuck yes, she left you, Red. Fuck yes, she left you. Uh this guy Red, the actor, like his claim to fame is that he was apparently an Elvis's posse. Cool. Yeah. So Brad Wesley's whole aesthetic, by the way, if I didn't mention before, is ascots and Panama hats. Yeah, and sleaze and like shaking down the local business guys. Uh, there's like a then we cut to like uh, Emmett. He Hi, like 
he discovers that uh, the car that uh, Dalton drove in was a Mercedes and this like shakes him for some reason. I, feel, I don't know. Maybe this was going somewhere in like the extended cut or something. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, New York bike. Because you got New York plates, I feel like, which maybe meant something. Um, but then he goes outside and sees Dalton doing like shirtless, oiled up Tai Chi and sweatpants. And, and then he nuts. Yeah. And then across the river, uh, Wesley's like riding around as a like RV, like you know, like three wheeler. ATV, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he he rides around, stops. He also watches Dalton doing his like Nuts. Tai Chi. Yeah. Well, but like he's more of just like some people, <laughs> and it goes about his business. Uh, so where are we at? Like where Pat the bartender comes for his job back? Yeah, you can. The the double deuce has not yet had its like instant remodel yet, but this is where. Pat the bartender, he shows up with this, like, I, I feel like I hate this character the most. This, like, little shit kicker, like, guy, like, big guy with, like, the little trucker hat. And the, the evil fat guy. The polar bear felony guy. I hate that guy. Well, there's just, two... I feel like this guy is, like, just, like, apex Trump voter. I can't stand this guy. There's two larger guys in this movie. Yeah. One works for Dalton, one works for there's Brad good, West. There's a good guy and an evil guy. Yeah, this is the yeah, evil one. Yeah. Who enjoy the ribs, the baby back ribs. And there's the other guy. Is this O'Connor, who's a bleeder? <laughs> this fucking guy yeah so Dalton beats the shit out of all these guys because this guy thinks he can get his job back because Wesley like controls liquor distribution or whatever uh, but nope Dalton's way or the highway so John Doe whips out a giant fucking like crocodile dundee knife yeah I think Dalton gets cut here and then yeah. he's bleeding but then he beats he, the shit out of everyone else this this other guy is O'Connor guy he's a bleeder he, he apparently can't take a punch or something you know but the whole the, the whole scam is that um, you're going to hire Pat back because Brad Wesley controls the booze. Yeah, you know, even though Pat was skimming, so don't fall over like not one but two railings during this fight. Also, I just up. want to mention during a lot of these fights, and it happens here with that. I think his name's Tinker, like the trucker hat guy. Yeah, uh, yeah. where like one guy picks him up from behind, and another bouncer comes in and just just total cock punch. Like there is a shit ton of like people oh. getting punched punch in the dick in this movie. Yeah. They yeah. they do not fight fair at all. They're they're just like no, we're we're gonna get you, you know, out of here. I was thinking about this with like the thing in this movie. Is the eighties was was they possibly just like casting people better because there's a lot of like nothing roles in this movie, but like I knew who they all fucking are. Yeah, no, better job of um, like making, differentiating making people like oh, there's the fat guy with the trucker hat. There's the super tall guy with the weird hair. You know, like yeah. there's the pretty boy. Yeah, they're good at least like making them memorable so that like they weren't just like a bunch of random mooks. Even though like most of them are just different stuntmen. Yeah, but it works. You know. So we got Kelly Lynch who shows up. She's an ER doctor. Yeah, there's he has to go weird... to the doctor because he got cut. Did you see the weird IMDb trivia about like Bill Murray? Oh yeah, just like that was like a very recent thing. I think that okay, that whole thing where he like I don't know like makes fun of Kelly Lynch's husband because she was in this movie or something like that. Well, it's like every time he sees the movie on TV or sees her sex scene, yeah, he calls her husband and says that he just watched the scene. Yeah, great. It's like super fucking weird. Yeah, so Bill Murray maybe uh, a creep, maybe or just like yeah, it's like the I, I, I don't want to know. I just want to be able to also, enjoy. There, when she first shows up, there is an old guy who is walking to the nurse's station with a thing of his own urine, and he looks like he just took a sip of it. <laughs> Do you Ken, see this guy? Kendall Laurentis in his old age. Oh, yeah, I see it. <laughs> I 
Um, yeah, so apparently during her months long stint in the ER, she learned how to like do stitches, and then they changed the sequence to like Dalton gets staples. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, and Which, uh, he doesn't want the anesthetic because pain don't hurt. Also, so then the IMD trivia I read. They fired Annette Benning from this role because they didn't think that she had chemistry of Patrick Swayze, which is bonkers to me. I can't imagine Annette Benning in this role. She seems too classy. But still, like that she doesn't have chemistry. Like it's fascinating to me the roles that Annette Benning didn't get. But she's the one who somehow did that scene of fucking Warren Beatty and made why don't you go outside and jerk yourself a soda into a whole thing. Yeah. Do you think uh, you could do the staples without anesthesia? You know what, though? It's a moot point because I don't know if I could do like the slash of the knife across my ribs. <laughs> mm. I, I, I got to say, I admire Dalton here. I like his spirit. Is this where you started this whole, the whole character of the guy who likes pain? No, of course. Is this not. where it's born? No. Pain don't hurt. Have you actually said pain don't hurt to a medical professional? I have not. No, I just have a high pain threshold. That's all. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when we're doing this podcast, I wish I did too. Um, I just I just had a really great root canal once, okay? What do you mean by great? Because when you say great, I think you you're implying orgasmic. So I did had just, I had a couple of Vicodin did beforehand you that definitely helped. I okay. they let me listen to my like iPod maybe at the time. So I like was listening to podcasts and I'm like a little blitz on Vicodin and they're like what? they're burning incense in there so you wouldn't smell like the the smell of your tooth getting like drilled away. Right, and right, it was just re- like okay. super chill. I'm like listening to this fun podcast. What and was like podcast? getting loopy? I don't know. I don't remember. But like it was like a totally chill root canal. So knowing you though, I feel like it was like like it was like an early episode of Bros Watch PL2. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so she also sees that he had recently done stitches himself. And she's like, Do you ever win a fight? And he's like, Nobody ever wins a fight. Oh, he's so deep. He's got a yeah. philosophy major from NYU. Well, um, it's just like this is when you're like Okay, well, this is at least, you know, the, fuck it, though. Like, this is refreshing compared to all the fucking, like, Schwarzeneggers and Stallones that the 80s force fed us. I mean, it it definitely is, like, a little bit of an antidote to that. But it, I guess it's, it's just, take. like, Swayze's thing. Yeah. Is he's that guy? Well, he, then it's, like, he went to go on to become, like, ev- the evil version of this in Bodhi, right? I, would you call Bodhi evil? I don't know if you would. Well, I, I think he's, Dalton? I think there's a seductive quality to Bodhi, you know. No, for sure. He's the he's the Tyler Durden of the sea. Yeah. Um, so he invites her over to the Double Deuce for a cup of coffee. Did I just convince you to do a headcanon on that? You might just have. Uh, so then, of course, she gets the number three. You know, in that line of work, I thought you'd be bigger. And he's just like, gee, I've never heard that before. Uh, so Brad Wesley's house. Um, they just someone just drives, and the posse of goons comes over to get their like talking down. One of them just drives a fucking monster they, truck. They up just drive up Bigfoot, and like it's never commented on that one of his goons drives Bigfoot. Especially when they drive Bigfoot to like covertly surveil Dalton yeah, later. Yeah, they're spying on him later from a fucking monster truck. It's like uh, fourteen feet high. Uh, also, Brad Wesley, it's it's not really noticed him in the scene. He has very cute boots on. But, like, what exactly is the relationship between him and Jimmy? I mean, the Jimmy character, I guess we can we can wait to get to that, maybe. I don't know. Like, he's I, he's coded as, like, predatorily gay is uh, what I get from him in this movie. I don't, Jimmy? Yeah. What about Brad, Brad Wesley? Is he just, like, this weird omnisexual guy? I think he's just, like... 
a, a depravity, a corruption of like the you know Midwestern spirit or whatever. I feel like Brian Brad Wesley is like this like like vile I don't know like evil likes to be cuckolded kind of guy. Yeah, um, yeah. There's a, a sleaze element to him and like a kind of like a a, a weakling element. You know, it's like he's not like a, a physically imposing villain at all. You know, except for his weasel. goons. That's the yeah. proves O'Connor's a bleeder. That's why I don't like you. That's what I want to know. Is he paying these people, these like henchmen of his? Like, are they getting paid money to potentially have the shit beaten out of them? Well, and how how do you begin a term of employment with Brad Wesley? Yeah. But I because I presume it's twenty four hours a day. He's and just then, like my boys, you know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go send O'Connor he, over there to rough up uh, you know, Kevin Tige. But then occasionally it's just like, boys, we're having a pool orgy. Would you like to partake? Yeah. I have the local sluts. <laughs> I'm bringing the community college to Jasper. Uh, I found so, a secret they, that gets him over here. It's called cocaine. Yeah, there's a lot of cocaine in this. Uh, so next day, two guys show up to like fuck up Red's auto parts for more stuff. And the karate goon, Jimmy, is just like, what does he say? Like, not a bad day at work when you're having fun. And the other guy is like, life is good. This is the coded stuff I'm talking about. And they pull away in like a red Corvette or whatever. Well, like also Dalton shows up. He's wearing a karate pajamas as a t-shirt or as a shirt. That's just yeah, how he rolls. It's just a normal <laughs> shirt. Yeah. And then red, it's like, oh, this happens all the time because I won't, you know, pay the uh, the tax basically. Yeah, By the, the way, that that hot uh, doctor is my daughter. I, I therefore I like Soon give enough. you permission to have sex with her, you know. Well, the 80s also had a little bit of the I need the female familiar relationship as like the thin veneer between our sexual contact. Uh-huh, like yeah. Terry Hatcher is how Tango and Cash fuck. Yeah. They fuck through her. Yeah. Um that's like the secret of 80s masculinity, action masculinity. They fuck through her. They fuck through her. Um, and somehow Sheila E's in there too. So don't ask if everyone pays for like the basically like downtown improvement society or whatever here. And Red says, does a hobby horse have a wooden dick? <laughs> does it? Which I want to pause because I know we're about to get to like the third piece of the puzzle here. But like you don't see that anymore. Like those weird rhetorical questions. Like does it bear shit in the woods? Well, like, okay, so you just watched the game, right? Uh-huh. Does, Does Rose Kennedy have, have a black dress? Yeah. yeah. I think it's Ethel Kennedy. Does Ethel Kennedy have a black dress? Yeah. Like, you don't see that anymore. Like, I don't know if people just don't talk that way anymore. So, the other totem that holds up the foundation of this universe, Sam Elliott shows up. He is Wade Garrett, the the best cooler. We haven't just talked mm-hmm. about the concept of cooler yet, but uh, Sam Elliott is cooler. He is at, like, a strip bar and, like, seemingly, like, on a base or something. There's a lot of army dudes in here. Or it's just near, yeah, it's near a base. It's a, it's a sign behind this girl. We see just these 80s boobs, it's 80s permanent. Like basically, it could be like Tony Katane here. Yeah. It says, wet t-shirt contest. And they've crossed out the word t-shirt to write in underneath it, G-string. So wet G-string contest every night. Well, every this is what night. I'm wondering. This place is a complete shithole. He's yeah. the best in the business. Why is he here? Well, he here's just, the sadder thing. Yeah. It implies that this was worse. Yeah. 
<laughs> he showed up. This was work. Because presumably he's on the same business model as Dalton. Like five, like it's five grand up front. Yeah, yeah. Bar rescue. Just you know, like <laughs> I come in and I, I fix your shit. Yeah. Also, Sam Elliott, maybe the coolest guy ever with the name Sam. Oh, he's like got ever. a he's got like a limp. He's got like a bad knee. Yeah, coolest Sam yeah. ever for sure. He's got yeah. these long like shoulder length like flowing locks that are like streaked with silver. Mm-hmm. And you know, so so it's built in like you know when Brad or uh, Wade Garrett's in a fight because he starts like slowly putting his mane into like a ponytail or a half oh, yeah. a ponytail. Oh yeah, he does a full yeah. like samurai ponytail at one point. Yeah, what an amazing character! And yeah, it's like he's—he might ha- say like a total of like fifteen words to Dalton through this whole phone conversation because Dalton calls him. But oh, he just makes such an impression. Yeah, this conversation is just a brilliant piece of just like wounded, coded masculinity. But yeah, so a bunch of military guys are there. One of the guys jumps out of his seat, drunk, to like lunge at the naked girl, and he actually yells, "Charge!" Well, and, and Samuel, you know Wade Garrett is—he's so good that he like—it's not like he hurries over there. He just like slowly no. comes over there and like pulls that guy off. Yeah, and has the whole thing about like I know you want to fight to call me son, but you got to do it from down here. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like cool about it though, so it's like this guy doesn't want to fight him or anything. He's not pulling a fucking knife on Sam Elliott. It's just like holy shit, you're Wade Garrett, and <laughs> you looked at me. Um, so Sam Elliott gets a phone call from Dalton at the bar. They talk on the phone. These bros are cute. Dalton's like doing his laundry. He's also, he's clearly calling and asking for help, but he can't admit it. At a fucking laundromat. Yeah, no, he's definitely like, I might be out of my league here. You ever heard of this Brad Wesley guy? Yeah. It's like, it's like, you're my dad, but we might have also kissed a few times and I love you. Yeah. But you're also my brother. Yeah. 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 It's the prophecy foretold that you would save the Jedi, not like condemn in the darkness. Yeah. Um, so the next time we see the double deuce after this, it's had a little the bit interior, of like, yeah, like totally remodeled. And also now Carrie Ann is singing on stage with the band. Yeah, I guess she's a singer maybe or something. Yeah, there's like a new neon double douche sign in the background. There's no chain link yeah. anymore. There's like a real stage. Um, and she's oh, like so- doing some soul singing or something here. Yeah. Um, some thunder and lightning. The way you love me is frightening. Yeah, some cover. A lot of covers. It's like a cover of... Uh, on the road again when he first showed up. Eventually they'll cover the doors with the going to the the roadhouse. So Denise is there. Denise the piece. She goes and she's she's pulling all the stops out. This is her final move. This is the move that she's never had to use, but it's guaranteed to like get Dalton. Uh-huh. She walks up to him and she says, "Why don't we go to my place and fuck?" And then Jimmy the gay dragon shows up. And like pulls her away and gets in Dalton's face. And then he like yanks Denise outside. We see him like she's like kind of fighting him as he's yanking her to the monster truck or whatever. Oh, oh, oh. Before that, after she suggests that they should fuck, she says, who knows? You might even like it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And so the next time we see Denise after the scene, she's got a big fucking black eye because that's kind of movie this is. Uh, Jimmy's thing is he's also got like a. like a Native American necklace but with a shark tooth on it around his neck. Yeah. Like he's all forms of douche. Yeah. Also, the, the other, you know, coded thing with Jimmy here, they make sure you see he's got one earring in the left ear yeah. there of a cross. cross like, which, like, do you remember that from the 80s, the whole one ear yeah. earring thing? Yeah. It's totally fucking stupid. But, like, if you didn't grow up in the 80s, like, that meant you were gay. 
back in the 80s if he had one earring. If a guy it, 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 just it, fucking it depended stupid. on what ear. Yeah. We have had one ear, you were gay. If you had on the other ear, you were straight. Yes. And it seemed like it changed depending on who told you the story. Uh-huh. A lot of people, a lot of, especially a lot of dudes. So the, the fad when I was growing up in the 80s and early 90s was a lot of dudes were getting like flat tops and rat tails. Oh, and the man, flat tops tails. came with like these stupid little combs. Uh-huh. And so I would see guys like in class, like we'd be watching whatever the fucking movie is. And they would be like just specially combing their little fucking flat top. And also like a lot of stories about like, yeah, this weekend I finally went down to the mall and got my ear pierced. And you'd be like, oh, yeah, you got the wrong one pierced. Oh, Piercing no. pagoda. Yeah, there's a lot of panic over getting the right stupid fucking no, ear pierced no, back no. in the 80s. Um, these guys, yeah. are, as, as he takes this girl to get, I don't know, get beaten by Ben Gazzara, I guess. Uh, like, there's just the giant fucking monster truck there waiting in, in the parking lot. As mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. a bunch of uh, just like more random hoodlums. Like, I think we've seen one of these guys before and the other three are all just like random dudes. I appreciate that they don't use all the hoodlums at once. No, like, they, they cycle them. They cycle them out. The one guy, uh, <laughs> when they walk in, Dalton points out to like the 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 big like good bouncer guy. He's just like left boot or, you know, whatever. Like, and the guy's got like a little knife like sticking out of his boot. Yes. And his right toe or <laughs> yeah, whatever. This is that's, something that's, that's, that's you got to watch out for those in the eighties. You got to watch out for the guy who's got like a fucking razor blade, like taped to the front of his boot. Also, like, so Don's whole style is that basically they just form this wall of bouncers and he's like, sorry, we're closed. And the guy's like, well, then what are all these people doing here? And Don's like drinking and having a good time. <laughs> So they beat the shit out of all these guys. I think he might break this dude's leg who's got the knife in the boot. Just as Kelly Lynch is showing up in like a, a dress made out of a tablecloth. Yeah, like like a picnic table. Yeah. yeah. Um, like she looks like she could lay down on, on a park bench or uh, like a park table and you would, I don't know, serve KFC eat, on top eat of her. Eat sushi out of them because it's a big trouble in Little China now, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't think I'd eat sushi out of her. Maybe fried chicken. Um, but yeah, also, while they're having that fight outside, People are cheering this fucking shit on like they're Roman gladiators or something. They're probably missing it. They're like, I used to come to this place and we fights every night. It's a little weird now. There's there's a a little fascinating cut where like the three bouncers all get like their final punch in. Like we just cut the punch, punch, punch. And they get a little attaboy from uh, Dalton there at the end. They're like, yeah, 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 that's cool. Yeah. And so the doctor shows up for this. That's fascinating because she should be turned off. She is turned on, way on. I mean, I don't know. Do you want to? You want to see a guy on. beat up a guy for your for your attention? I don't think it's for her attention, but no. But I mean, would that get would that get you hot? Are you thinking that's what she's like? Ooh, look at that. Yeah, you know, it's like uh, in, in Goodfellas, you know, where she's like, oh, it kind of got me turned I, on. I haven't seen Goodfellas. So I don't watch yeah. mafia. Movies. I don't like okay. mafia stuff. Uh, so he takes her on a date to a diner. Um, what a date! <laughs> Let's yeah, go so, to a fucking diner. I keep thinking part of this is like so programmed, like it's so manipulative. I I feel like he could have set this up, but so oh, with the homeless he, guy, the homeless guy for sure. Yeah. But like, so Look like that, he's this, a good guy. He's taking care of the homeless guy. So everyone sees he's a good guy. Their whole relationship is about like, how have you not been like put down yet? Like, how have you not like been killed or whatever yet? And it's where he gets real Zen about like the ones who go looking for trouble aren't as much of a problem to the one who's ready for them. She drives a Jeep, and, by the way. Yeah, red Jeep. Um, I feel like we should mention because we haven't really discussed it yet. The concept of the cooler. Yeah, which I don't know if this movie invented or not. But the whole idea is that the cooler is like the lead bouncer who like there's the regular bouncers, but he directs them and kind of like runs the bar at the same time or something. Yeah, he's also like somehow the manager. Yeah. To the point where he's like his way on the highway. 
Yeah, seriously, he's firing people. Like he has total supreme firing power. And like, if you're having issues with your liquor distribution, he's got a guy. He he has a contact. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think for five thousand dollars up front and five hundred a night, you better have a guy. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, the the drunk guy is like he's like falling asleep at the counter, the stool at the counter, and like the cook's just like, "Get the fuck out of here, you drunk, or I'll charge you rent." And so Dalton like hands him five dollars, and he's like, "Here's tonight's rent." Peels off like fiver, yeah. But it's like I feel like it's okay for this guy to not want a person to be sleeping in his food establishment, or at least, hey, Dalton. Move this gentleman to a, to us, to a, a, Marco Sparks, anti-homeless. Who would have guessed? I'm just saying, but uh, help, help this man to a booth at least. Like, don't let him continue to waft at the stool where if you leave and the, the cook doesn't care, he's just going to fall onto the floor and hurt himself. Maybe the cook's going to set him up with another shot. (laughs) Are they doing shots at this time? I don't know. That's where you go on a date. She shows up with her nice, picnic well, table who dress knows what time it is too. yeah and he's like let's go to a diner sure so the don't says to the doctor i better take you home if i go on talking you're gonna start thinking i'm a nice guy mm-hmm. and with stars in her fuck eyes she says i know you're not a nice guy oh yeah she's turned <laughs> and he's like uh, then we get like the fucking james bond scene where like some some of the hoodlums show up like it's dalton's just like like sitting on his car for some like reason napping on the hood of his car yeah. waiting for it. uh yeah the o'connor and tinker show up and they're just like uh brad wesley wants to see you so he just like gets in their car with them like they could just be taking him to kill him somewhere but obviously because it's a movie they're just taking him to wesley's like fancy mansion where you can walk in the lake oh look there's denise she's doing aerobics here because she's maybe his wife wesley's wife but oh she's got the girlfriend yeah she's got a big black eye because she got beat for being too sexy Uh, so she's got to hide it wesley is the doctor's ex-husband um no i don't think so i think that's supposed she to be someone else. I, I think it's supposed to be someone else so he was just like obsessed with her for some reason okay so yeah his house has the strangest decor he's eating a lot of eggs here his fancy uh, apparently mansion. apparently while filming the various takes of this they said that ben gazara probably ate like 15 eggs um, i ate 50 eggs his like half bar, half frat guys hangout room. Like as soon as you walk into his home, there's two two pool tables. Like right when you walk in, pool table not actually that cool. That's no, one of those things no. where like you think you're cool because you got a pool table. Nah, pool table in your house. There should be a room well off the beaten path of your many many rooms. That's where you keep your pool table. If you really want to impress me, maybe the walls are just like floor to ceiling bookshelves. Yeah. Right. Anyway, after that one lamp. Yeah. But after, there's a lot of game animal heads because he's going to have a whole room of that. There's also a piano where yeah. we see Denise doing aerobics in front of her black eye. So this conversation is just basically like them feeling each other out. Then like cut to the double douche. Suddenly there is like oh, all this so, like neon so. trim and a big new sign. It's all spruced up now. Well, the, thing, the fascinating thing about that sequence is there's a fascinating shot of Brad Wesley in the foreground telling his fucking story about the improvements, the the mall, the 7-Eleven, yeah. the photo map. Christ, the JCPenney is coming here because of me. And it's like the camera's like, like Dalton's walking behind him and like it's like panning of Brad Wesley like as the, folk, the fulcrum in the middle. It's it's that's the some, camera work obviously. Real loves. filmmaking from director Rowdy Harrington. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm saying the, the, the camera obviously loves fucking Brad Wesley scenes. So yeah, we find out that Dalton killed a man in Memphis, said it was self-defense at the trial. The uh, trial. The trial. 
<laughs> this movie in trial, sure. Yeah. But the double douche is all like it's all fancy now. Like the clientele suddenly looks better. There's nicer cars. There's people dressed people. nicer. Yeah. That's what you want. Where are they coming from? Is it all from the same town? What the fuck is going on in Jasper? Who I mean, are these people? It does seem like these guys clear a lot of money every night on their liquor sales because like there's just a lot of money getting thrown around because there's nothing else to do. My question is does that mean that the I feel like the cocaine trade has not diminished, it's just changed. It's it's just outside, <laughs> that's all, you know. Yeah, so the staff all wear like red polos now. It's funny cuz Dalton isn't wearing one here but he does wear one later, which I feel like he is he should have a different colored polo shirt at least. Like know? a black yeah, yeah, like cuz he's a cooler. Uh, yeah. You know what's also funny about this movie all the the uh, convertibles in it? Like I feel like that's like convertibles aren't really cool anymore like they were when we were growing up. No. Like there's not that whole vibe of like oh a convertible wow the last person to have a uh, convertible was michael scott yeah so yeah uh this is where we find out that uh um keith david's been hired whiskey's running low dalton's gonna call a guy because of the booze issues that we've been talking about after work doctor's waiting for dalton she's wearing what could be called i guess like a confirmation dress like it's all doilies Wrapped around her feminine form. Oh, yeah. This is where uh, Jimmy the Gay Dragon and his buddy there are just spying on them from the monster truck. Well, they're like, uh-oh. Like, this is like the last piece in the puzzle. Like, Dalton's like going with Brad Wesley's girl. Yeah, he's real fucked. He's dug his well, own grave. The girl that Brad Wesley was obsessed with. Yeah, we well, learned we that at some point. It's not actually spelled out either way. They could have very well have had a relationship. Like, don't we don't know. I think so. But yeah, who knows? Maybe in the three-hour cut, it's explained. Also, yeah. um, so... She Doc rolls up in her red Jeep. The next mm-hmm. shot we see of them, you know who's driving that red Jeep? It's not Doc. It's, it's Dalton because he's the man. Yeah. 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 Um, so he, he drives her the, immediately back to his place. The fuck loft. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He tells her it's quiet. The horses let him know if anyone comes around and she's just like, I love it. It's like, do you? Because it smells like rampant shit. Yeah. He tunes in some oldies on the radio. They start making well, she out. She looks across the lake. Like you can tell that that was something ominous for her. Uh-huh. Also, these Dalton's the kind of guy that he fucks. Like his slow jams are oldies. Oh yeah, and he's immediately getting his dick out, pulling her dress up, doing her against the brick wall, and that is like not that is this is like a a rustic brick wall with a lot of like weird angles poking out here and there. It's not smooth so, at all. In three minutes, we will see her like sleeping face down, nude on this bed. What's missing is what will look like whip marks across her back. That cannot be comfortable. Yeah, fucking up against that wall. But he does eventually carry her to the bed, you know, on his penis. Uh-huh. Um, so what I imagine is just just immaculate, like lovemaking, oh, presumably. It, he fucks her so hard, she's just passed out afterwards because. You know, he's but also he fucks her so hard that he needs to then go out with a blanket, sit on the roof and nude. just like contemplate the universe. Sit, nude, sit out on the roof, nude, and like have a smoke. They're all smoking this movie because it's the eighties. Before they start taking clothes off, or once he has his shirt off, I love that she like feels up his breasts before he feels up hers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and so there's some central bonding when they're on the roof, the and, dirty roof. Well, then they fuck again like on the roof. As Brad Wesley watches from across just, the thing. I'm just saying, if you have the opportunity to fuck on a roof, take it. I mean, I guess he got some fresh air out there, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, but also... Less, less of the fragrance of nature. <laughs> or at least the uh, the waft of, like, the disgusting lake. 
change out the fragrance of nature. But you also have some kindness. You know, Red wants to, or uh, uh, Emmett wants to watch as well. So yeah, Fred Fred Wesley is just in his rocking chair on the porch watching them with his cigar of anger. Um, so and the next day, Emmett's really engaged in Dalton, like putting down roots. Uh, maybe so he can watch him fuck. Yeah, and this is to me. This, this is where the movie starts to drag a little bit. Wade Garrett shows up, the double douche, just in time to rescue Dalton because, like, the new liquor hookup showed up. But then, like, Wesley's oh. goons showed up to like beat up uh, 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 Dalton here and like break all the bottles of booze. But then, like, just in time, Wade Garrett shows up to like kick these guys' asses. There's, there's before that. There's a thing with with uh, Jeff Healy where he's like talking to Dalton. And he's like suddenly become like the sage Greek chorus where he's just like, Dalton, word around town is that you're uh, fucking the doctor. Word around town is that she's also like, fuck Brad Wesley. Everybody word got around that? town is that serious. It's yeah. like, thank you. We're all on the same page now. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so uh, there's a fight scene with this uh, distribution truck out like this on the This is where deck. the, the where super tall Ron. guy is. Yeah. Yeah. And like, uh, you get the whole, like, where he's like four feet taller than Wade Garrett. Wade Garrett takes him down. And then the whole staff, including Jeff Healy, comes out. So Jeff Healy can announce him. Like, he's, uh, oh, what's his, uh, Jennifer Connelly's husband in The Knight's Tale? What's that guy's fucking name? The Vision? Fuck. Paul Bettany. Paul Bettany. Like, he, he's like the weird announcer guy for The Knights. Um, Never so yeah, he can announce him, like, ladies and gentlemen, Wade Garrett. And one guy's like, holy shit. And Sam Elliott's like, exactly right. <laughs> Oh my god, he's amazing in this movie. He is. Well, he just shows up instantly in possession of his cachet. Well, because if you're like me, your whole like mental image of of uh, Sam Elliott was just like some old guy with white hair and a, a white mustache. And then mm-hmm. you see him in this movie, and he's like young, and he has long hair, and then he sees pubes, and you're like, holy shit, Sam Elliott. After you see the pubes, huh? Yeah. You're like you're like Emmett, just like watching him. Uh... Also, no underwear. No one owns underwear. Like eighties was apparently. It's just showing off a scar he got on his lower abdomen. That is a lot of bush. I mean, they they are both actively trying. They are trying to fucking London Bridge her. Well, he right there at this bar. He shows up. He's supposed to be like Dalton's best friend and mentor. He is actively trying to have sex with Dalton's girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. Well, and also Dalton's like he immediately takes him to like get approval. Like this is the new girl I'm having sexual yeah. boning with. What do you think? And he's like. Let's go to a bar and see if we can both sleep before at the same time. So they they are out all night. They go from one bar to another to a diner. It's daytime now. Sam Elliott is dancing with her at, at this diner to All My Exes Live in Texas. Dalton yawns at one point while he's watching them dance. And Sam Elliott's like, he's great coming out of the gate, but not much for stamina. Well, I do feel like uh, there's... um. The like, I don't know, motivation or whatever for the Wade Garrett character is a little muddled. At times, it seems like he doesn't like the idea of Dalton like settling down. And at times, he does. does. No, I think he wants him to bounce. I guess. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. No, but to quote Jason Menzoukas, here's what I don't want for my doctors to know they were out all night raging with maniacs. (laughs) Seriously, she's like, I need to go and sleep for two hours before my shift at the ER. Cool. And And then again, you have. There's the Sam Elliott, like he's Sam Elliott's character. Like there's, you're not going into this movie thinking he's the progressive, like pro feminist guy. He watches her walk off to the bathroom and he's like, that gal's entire too many brains having an ass like that. And you're just like, whoa, whoa, settle down, Joe Biden. 
Yeah, and then yeah, seriously, and then he tries to uh, throw the c word out about what happened in in Memphis because Dalton's clearly still haunted by that. Um, to be again, so yeah, this woman that he was I never, with was married. The guy pulled a gun. I never really buy like the angst or whatever the Dalton is feeling throughout this movie because he killed a guy once, like in self defense at like hour like one ten. Yeah, he's just been yeah. beating the shit out of people left and right through the whole movie, but it's like oh, but apparently. Yeah, that's the thing he's been wrestling with is yeah. that this all happened. Um, yeah, so Sam is like, can't you be a little more philosophical about it and cut it the fuck loose? Yeah, he's like, get get the fuck over it, man. Uh, oh, and then, is, right. when, you have a, when a guy sticks a gun in your face, you've got two choices. You can die or you can kill the motherfucker. Yeah, so then the, the plot intervenes where everyone's having a good time with the double douche and then boom, across the street, Red's uh, auto parts store just blows up. Mm-hmm. We get... Dalton like doing his like whole like heroic run at the place and then it like blows up some more. But yeah, Red things, Red wasn't in there. He's fine. Things happen in two phases of the explosions in this movie. Boom and then holy shit, boom. Yeah. And then they come back inside and Wesley's there with Denise and he's just like, I don't know, being like a shit eating grin asshole, like, oh, Elvis. hope he had insurance. Elvis play something up balls. Yeah, and this is where the whole weird like Denise striptease scene starts and then Jimmy the gay dragon shows up and like does like a little performative like pool cue dance or something after smashing a glass on the floor. Yeah, him and Jimmy and Wade like start to go at it for like two seconds, but then like I don't know the fight gets broken up by uh, uh, Brad Wesley who like fires a gun into the air and it's like let's get out of here. So it's like tiny tiny revolvers, big knives, a lot of derringers. Yeah, I I, definitely a metaphor for Brad Wesley's penis. Also, the fact that he, whether he gets off on the exp- exhibition of his girlfriend, like stripping for all the people at the Double Douche. There's a lot of, there's a lot of women in this movie that who seem to enjoy either like stripping or allowing themselves to be fondled for the pleasure mm-hmm. of their boyfriends. It's like, yeah, that, that, that's not how that works. Well, it's like, she's again, making a play for the arousal of Dalton. Yeah. And and it's it's further like squash when he like carries her back to Brad Wesley and he's like, if you're gonna have a pet, keep it on a leash. And she's like, fuck you. And she storms off. And that's when Jimmy's just J- like, Jimmy walks in tra- like killing a bottle of beer and then throwing it on the ground while he holds a pull cue. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so then we get a scene which is even more like it's it's bonkers. It belongs in this movie, but also you don't need it at all. Where just to fuck with people, to fuck with the because the, the towns had like like this brief meeting of like the old guys who are in love with Dalton about whether or not they're going to ever stand up to Brad Wesley. They are not. That's their consensus. And then, then town. Yeah, and then like randomly, like Dalton and Doc decide to go on like a date to the used car lot or something. So they can, or different different car lot, different car, car lot. Car yeah. Lot. Yeah. Where Bryce is going to have them drive Bigfoot through the dealership. And they just like destroy like 10 cars or whatever. As this old other like older like town elder guy looks on. And he's just been cocked by Wesley. Yeah. yeah. The guy who just like he's like, oh, I'll, I'll call my friend at the FBI. That's the that's the most I'll do. I won't testify in open court, of course, because it's Brad Wesley. Uh, this was according to IMDb trivia, the Tribune. Uh, this scene had to be done in one take because it cost half a million dollars. Jesus Christ. So it, it's like such a Doc pointless Hitler. scene too. It, it, it's it's bonkers enough for this movie. I guess not need this at all. In the eighties, that was that was something. Just just see like Bigfoot drive over a bunch of cars. You're like, yeah, yeah cool. Like CGI so didn't exist yet. So Bigfoot was the name of this stupid blue monster truck, 
And I feel like growing up in Sacramento, while watching our fucking reruns, there was always like copious ads, like letting you know Bigfoot's going to be at Arco yeah. Arena this Saturday, well, like just driving over. Things. As far as I know, this is actually Bigfoot. Wow, cool. Yeah, it just like so repainted. Our, yeah, our regional history. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So Brad Wesley does tell Doc that he's sad to see her end up with like a drifter like Dalton. <laughs> Bigfoot. In <laughs> case anyone's confused, is the monster truck. Yeah. So. Red also gets back at Stratemeyer because Stratemeyer who previously like tried to talk Red out of moving away with like, don't you have insurance? So now that the auto dealership's fucked, Red's like, you got insurance, don't you? Wink, wink. Oh, this is where another like oiled up shot of Swayze, like like attacking like a punching dummy or something like that. Drive. Yeah, as yeah. Wesley pulls up, they have this kind of semi argument. I'm not really sure what it's about. Wesley or Wade Garrett? Oh, I'm sorry, Wade Garrett. Yeah. 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 I'm not really sure why they're arguing. Oh, because because Dalton's like he's going to go into the fight that will ruin him, and Sam Elliott's trying to talk him into leaving town. Yeah, like, this isn't your fight; it doesn't matter. You were always going to leave anyway. So they have this like very tender but tense moment, and then finally it's well, like, it's uh, Swayze throws a punch and Garrett catches it, and then he kind of yeah. holds his hand like they're shaking yeah. hands. Well, it's like it's like you know, fuck this, fuck you. I'm going to stay. You should go. If you're not going to stay with me, you should go. And Sam Elliott's like. You taught me as much as I ever taught you. I love you, Miho. Oh, in case we didn't mention it, he drives a motorcycle. Also, and he says Miho a lot. It's a lot of a Miho and like, Amigo, yeah. Yeah, Miho is like, both the little one and my son. I'm so Southwestern that I know two Spanish words. Yeah, yeah. So the doctor also tries to talk Dalton into leaving for his own safety because that's the word that she's gotten from Brad Garrett or from uh, Brad Wesley. But Dalton's basically his whole thing, I think, is that he's going to like stand up to to bullies. And so there's there's these ridiculous lines that are almost subversion where he's just like, Brad Wesley picked me. And when he did, he fucked up. <laughs> boom. And then literally boom, because then the Emmett's like house explodes or something. I'm not sure what's exploding exactly. It's a lot of it's explosions. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was his car. I thought it was, it was uh, uh, Dalton's car. The whole the whole house explodes. Dalton is, by the way, like shirtless in his sweatpants and all oiled up again. Baby oil all Baby over oil. those pecs. Yeah, he yeah. runs into the exploded house and then like carries out like a totally alive Emmett somehow. In his, his red long johns. Oh, yeah. Um. So prior to that, though, there, there's a whole thread that I feel like is not quite earned. Maybe it's like a, a holdover from the three and a half hour cut. But Doc is like yelling at him upstairs in the, the fuck barn with... Uh, you think you're going to save these people from Brad Wesley? Well, who's going to save them from you? Oh. And then that's when the house Be blows careful. Up. You don't look into the abyss. Something, something from Doc there. Yeah. Well, you get oiled up and look into the abyss. And the oiled up abyss will look back into you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he parkours off the roof. Like you said, saves. He saves totally parkours off the roof. He invented parkour here, I think, in the yeah. 80s. And he's just like, hold, he's like above him, holding him, cradling him on the, the ground. He's like, Emmett, are you all right? And Emmett, his long drawn, is like, I'd be fine if you got off of me. And then, like, then, like, cut to like Jimmy riding away from the scene of the crime on his motorcycle, and he like stops at yeah. one point to do an insane, like, evil cackle, <laughs> like, like, a, like a really like this is like Ray Liotta levels of overacting yeah, here. Yeah. He's just like, nah, nah. yeah, this guy's great. <laughs> and so then, like, this guy knows what movie's in. Dalton like runs after him and somehow like on his feet, like cuts this guy off and like flies and tackles, tackles him off the motorcycle. They have a big fight right next to the uh, riverbank here where ultimately Dalton, like he Dalton Ooh. wins, but then this guy pulls a gun out. So Dalton. Oh, hold on. So 
the dialogue in this fight, though. Yeah. Jimmy says things like, prepare to die. And Dalton says, you are such an asshole. <laughs> what dialogue? <laughs> Lots of Foley or, sound effects. Or Lots damn boy, I broken. thought you were good. And then Dalton says, go fuck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and, then and then we get the line. Yeah. As uh, Jimmy's holding up uh, Dalton from behind, he says, I used to fuck guys like you in prison, which just, wow, what a line. I don't even know what that means. Well, I think you kind of know. I, I think you kind of know what it means, but <laughs> what a so, what a flex. <laughs> Imagine if Bane had said that to Batman. <laughs> I used to fuck guys like you in prison. <laughs> Batman's like, wait, what? Wait, what? <laughs> Holy shit, that's fucked up. Weird flex, but okay. You can have the city. Um. <laughs> and then uh, Dalton, I like, get sitting in the ass. Then you have my permission to die. <laughs> Dalton is seemingly one, but then, like, uh, Jimmy produces, like, another Derringer out of nowhere. So Dalton has it's no choice. Has, has well, no choice. Are Dalton's one weakness and his trigger. Yeah, he has no choice but to rip. Jimmy's throat out with his bare hands, just the same way he killed that other guy. It's like his finishing move. It's it's Chekhov's throat rip. You yeah. can't talk about it in the first act and not do it in the third act. And then well, he, just, it's like five acts. And he just like pushes his body into the water, and Doc runs up and like is like horrified by all this. Yeah, like she has been like creaming for it for a while, and now here it is. I think I did just try to kill like Red or Emmett or whoever. Yeah. Cat. Yeah, so it's not like, and he's he's pulled out a gun. Also, Jimmy's final line with the gun was, "I'm going to kill you the old-fashioned way." Yeah, which the gun is the old-fashioned way, Jimmy. I have questions about that. So, the next day, Dalton goes to work in his karate pajamas, and he gets a call from Brad. Brad, who's just like top of the morning to you. This is the whole flip a coin. Either you know, like one kills Wade, one kills the doctor. You know, I wish I could tell you which it was. And so yeah, Sam Elliott comes staggering in. He's been beaten. And, and uh, Dalton's just like, you chill here. I'm going to get the doctor. And then you're getting your wish. We're all leaving town. We're going to leave on a boat named Live Forever. Yeah. yeah. Boat named Justice. Yeah. Um, so he goes to see the doctor. She's like doing x-rays. She's she's I, not I, into it. She suddenly like doesn't like the violence. I don't get this x-ray machine. It's just like scrolling through random x-rays. I like, don't feel like, family. I don't know, maybe those exist. I don't know. Whenever my dad would show x-rays, they just they just put it up on the board. They don't need like they just an automated. Just put them on there, yeah. yeah. Like you're telling me that fucking Jasper, Missouri has this yeah. automated x-ray thing. Fucking also, state of the art, yeah. Don't look like human bodies. Anyway. Well, they're um, all different stuff too, seemingly. Yeah. Yeah. So like, what is she even doing? So he, she doesn't want it. So he goes back to the bar. Now it's just the true love story. Him and Sam Elliott will live town. And this is where you find Sam Elliott's like dead on the bar with a knife in his like gut or a knife in his chest. Yeah. So it was tails. Yeah. So Dalton's got to go to Brad Wesley and he's just on like uh like murder mode. Um, and they're the goons are all waiting outside Brad Wesley's compound with shotguns. There's a whole thing with like the knife that uh, Wade Garrett was stabbed with. Like, Connors is the other guys. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. that other guy who, like, I don't know if we get his name, but like Dalton uses that to like pin the uh what's it called? The gas pedal. Because like these these goons are all waiting around and like the Mercedes is like rolling towards them and they all fire at it with their shotguns, but it doesn't stop. And eventually, Ketchum. like his like, name is Ketchum. Ketchum, yeah. 
I guess he sacrificed the fucking Mercedes. He, he's really like, you know, committed himself to the down home lifestyle. Nobody buys American anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they shoot the car at one point in midair as it's like flipping over a hedge and it blows up. That's when you find out catch. It was Ketchum's knife. He stabbed Wade Garrett. Uh, so somehow Swayze, like this was a distraction. He's inside. It's like diehard in like a rural real estate developer's mansion. Um, was there like a whole section of Commando that was like this? I mean, way more intense. Apparently, they cut out a lot of Dalton like going around, like murdering people, murdering people because it was boring. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so Dalton kills two dudes with the same knife. Catch them in uh, uh, Pat. Yeah, um, R.I.P. to Pat the fail son. There. Yeah. Um, he gets into like the fucking ridiculous, massive trophy room that Brad Wesley has where it's like this like sunken two story room, which is like wall to ceiling, like, like trophies to like yeah, murdered taxi, animals, taxidermy stuff. Yeah. Like a, like a tasteful living room set, like right in the middle. <laughs> a little safari theme. Yeah. For, for no reason. This is just a tasteful little living room set. So like Tinker's the last one and like the Sways like pushed like a giant stuffed polar bear onto this evil fat guy. It takes 10 minutes to fall on him. He does his entire reel of like comedic scared faces at it. Yeah. What, <laughs> you know, Wesley finally shows up. There's a quick fight. This is where you're just like, Jesus Christ. All right. It's almost fucking two hours. Let's end the movie. You know? Yeah. Well, also it feels weird because we're not at the bar. Like we're yeah. at Brad's house. It's very strange. So it's just like, like again, Ben Gazar though, he has no character, so he just has to be this over the top bizarro villain. He's just like, so I see you found my trophy room, Dalton. The only thing that's missing is your ass. Yeah, and they fight like Ben Gazar is like using like this weird like I don't know authentic spear that he had from whatever safari he went on. It reminds me a little bit of the final fight in Quantum of Solace, where it's like you have to find a way to even out the odds between your hero and yeah. villain. Physical fight. Um, so Don stops Final himself. Final fight in Quantum of Solace and the hotel made of explosions. <laughs> yeah, but like, so Don's like he almost rips out Brad Wesley's throat, but then stops himself because character development. And I think this is right where Doc runs in, right? Yeah, yeah, and he's just like, "Look, I didn't rip out this guy's like trachea or whatever." And she's like, "Oh, thank God, I can fuck you again." Yeah, so. A bunch of townspeople show up, mostly the old fathers who like want to fuck Dalton, including Red, Emmett, Kevin Tige, Strodemeyer, and they just blow Brad Wesley away of shotguns. And then they all claim not to see anything. Yeah. So you see the uh, see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil monkeys. Um, the sheriff finally shows up. Tinker's the only one who could say anything, but he gets the final line of a polar bear fell on me. Yeah, there's some real like jury nullification vibes happening at the end here and the cops show up and everyone's like, didn't see shit. So, so Dalton, the doctor goes skinny dipping in that filthy lake. Yeah, I just kept thinking Ooh. of uh, the brain eating amoebas the whole time. You know, they say you find those in stagnant water. I mean, best case scenario, you get out and you have like a leech on your shoulder. But like you're gonna get like leeches on your balls. You get leeches on your perineum. Mm. Oof, oof. Yeah, so they're making then, out. So, do you think Dalton has to take a pay cut? Like he he's the cooler, but like he cleaned up the bar. The mm. bad guy's dead. All his like henchmen are dead. Well, you think like not, Block's dad is like, hey uh, Dalton, that's cool that you want to stick around here and all, but like I can't pay you five hundred bucks a night anymore. I don't need you. Well, so so. Intercut with the skinny dipping, we get Jeff Healy playing, you know, when the night comes calling at the double deuce. And that's like our over the credits thing. 
it's not spelled out that like Dalton's still employed by the double douche. Oh, what is he doing? Like helping Emmett with the horses or something? I, I don't know. Maybe he's reopening like Red and Dalton's auto parts. I don't know. Yeah. But it's not it's not spelled out that he's still working. Because I don't think I you think can I think he's no like, matter what. Fuck. No matter what, if he's working at the double douche or if he's working somewhere else, he's taking a pay cut. I I don't think he's pulling down five hundred bills a night anymore. No, no. But so like this blog I had found was like based on the eight nights that you actually see him working, he made at least eight thousand dollars yeah. off of the douche. And then the, uh, this blog, I would go as far as to say nine thousand dollars. This blog is fascinating because then they go into like what they think he spent on the car, the rent, the tires, the antenna, the laundry, the coffee, the book, the gas, the condoms. Zero. God, it's definitely a zero there. Tom He's doesn't believe in birth control. He basically spent eleven hundred dollars in expenses and took home about sixty eight hundred. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't know why he's sticking around this fucking boring town, but whatever. It's because of I her. Because he's he's found his place. He's like, oh, this is the conservative lifestyle I've been looking for. And now that we got rid of the evil Democrat, I can't wait to see where you've got Kelly Lynch. Oh yeah, on your rankings. Okay, well let's get there first. Make one so, change. Well, just real quick trivia: Swayze fucked up his knee so bad in this movie because there's no stuntman that he had to pass on Tango and Cash. So he apparently took the role in Ghost. Who would he have less... been in Tango and Cash? Presumably Kurt Russell, I, I would think. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. But so apparently um, uh, Ghost, he took that because it was less physically strenuous. <laughs> it's a good movie. Yeah, it's a fine movie. Uh, young, uh, what's his name? Um, the guy who was the president on Scandal. That oh, guy. is that the evil guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the okay. I never watched Scandal, but yeah, I know what you're talking about. The guy who gets uh, spoilers for ghosts, like cut in half by like a pane glass window. Yeah, yeah. That that scene all freaked the shit out of me as a kid when I watched that. Uh, The scene that freaked me out was Vincent Chiavelli. Yeah. And then later on, I was like, "Oh, he's not a special effect. He's just that guy." And then he showed up on Buffy. He freaked me out even more. Anyway, make one change. Number one, let me just say, I'm dying to know what's in those deleted scenes. I really am. I really am. A lot of uh, a lot of uh, Keith David, apparently. I, I agree with you. Like, you could definitely tighten up the second half of this movie for realsies. Uh, they could have, in a different movie, they could have cleaned up the motivations and backstory of both Brad Wesley and Kevin Teige. Um, it's just weird that the real drama is supposed to be, like, for Dalton is like confronting that he killed the guy and having to revisit that. Like it's not super clear, like clear it's, to me. It's like not what tight. Dalton's. Yeah. Yeah. Like in the first, uh, JJ Abrams, Star Trek movie, it's like Kurt's whole thing is he's just like, he's always hanging from ledges or whatever. Like it's, it's that much spelled out for Dalton here. Um, yeah. what about you? Um, so if I could just make one change, I would cut out the whole sequence of like the Denise strip tease to the Jimmy, uh, pool cue and then like fighting with wade i would just cut that i don't mm. think we need it if he just came back to like red's place explodes you come back at the bar and uh ben Gazzara's is there and it's like says something shitty and then leaves like that's fine i don't need any more right. of that right i think there's a way you can probably it, it feels like there's it's just like we need more tits in the movie that's why that that sequence exists i'm pretty well, sure it's another 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 big fight sequence yeah but it's like really think- short yeah well, no, it's not that short. The, the, the strip tease is longer than the fight, for sure. But the, the fight's more involved, though. There's a lot more players. Yeah. 
But I mean, I think you could have easily massaged just Brad showing up and like, nah, I hope he has insurance or whatever. And massage that right into like Emmett's house blowing up. I mean, this movie is like a hundred fifty or an hour and fifty minutes, and then credits. It could have been like an hour and thirty minutes in credits. Like it didn't need to be as long as it did. I mean, let's put it this way: oh yeah, tight hour thirty would been great. You could probably cut the whole Reds moving and also the um, auto the auto dealership monster truck like destruction. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you I could probably cut both yeah. those scenes. You need one for the other or whatever, but like if you cut both, that gives you at least 15 minutes. For sure, yeah. <laughs> uh, let's do power rankings. Yeah. What's your number 10? Uh, I have Denise at number 10. Oh, she shit. You know what? She doesn't have much to do in the movie. She's uh, just there to be ogled, but yeah, sorry, Denise. Oh, I feel super bad. Mm. Oh, I, I mean, I, I, grouped, I, I made some groupings together, as you'll see, to fit Denise in. Okay, yeah, I I somehow don't have Denise on here at all, even though I she's no character whatsoever, but I liked her more than Kelly Lynch. Uh, so number 10 is John Doe slash Pat the Bartender. Ooh. I mean, this dude's Fail whole look is just like sleaze, like gross, gross sleaze. It's the mustache, really, that makes it. It's the mustache. He looks like he's just like wet. Like if you touch his hand, it's probably like sticky. Oh, raw. I just point out I that... Kevin Tige or whatever his name is, his character also is named like Tillman with a weird GH happening there in the name. Yeah. Yeah. What is yeah. going on there? Yeah. Also, uh, the sleazy bar, uh, Pat, the bartender, his name is John Doe. Well, it's, it's a fake name. Yeah. He's a obviously. Punk rocker. Uh-huh. Uh, but like also, can we talk about the fact that like uh, when uh, Locke's dad was betting Sawyer's mom, the name that he used was Tom Sawyer? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, some some girls like a, a classic name like that, you know. Some girls just want to be Huck Finned. Tom Sawyer, James Taylor, the classics. Anyway, number nine. Sparks, all fake names. None of them are real. Yeah. Number nine. I just put all the bad guy henchmen together here. Mm, okay. Cheating. Sure. I don't care. I've had three Alex Drakes doubles. Um, yeah, just the, the, the fucking real tall guy, the like shitty trucker guy, the guy with the trucker hat. The weird, the bleeder, the Jimmy the Dragon. Actually, no, Jimmy's not included here. But uh, you know, all the rest. Jimmy's higher for me. Yeah. All right. Well, here's where I uh, I step up in the firing squad. Number nine, Doctor Elizabeth Clay. Doc. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Not a yep. fan. You're you know, not not into her down home. Uh, just a little bit of moose instead of the full peroxide bleach blonde. Uh, situation there the knees she definitely has a more natural like shade to her color but uh again it was the glasses wasn't it who has more hairspray her or the sways no it's just you're absolutely right denise is not a character but like neither is doc no well doc is just doc is the reverse of denise doc is like the good blonde yeah well it's funny that's the thing about sways too it's like blonde love interests. Well, this was the eighties where like you were the eighties were like it was such a like a weird like the ideal like woman was just like this completely fake plastic like Barbie blonde, you know? Uh-huh. So I mean I think this is where all the one of the many of all the many things that are broken in fucking Trump's brain, it happened here. Oh, because he's such a fucking creature in the eighties. Yeah, he's still stuck there. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Um oof. 
yeah, right. so that's my Kelly Lynch is my number nine. So number eight, I put the good guy bouncers. Uh, you had like the one kind of like pretty boy bouncer with like the nice hair, and you had the big guy and like the other random guy, and you know Keith David in there, or whatever. I don't know. They seem like good dudes. I'll put them in eight. So number eight, I have most of the Brad Wesley like like thug crew, but at the forefront, I want to put Tiny Ron, <laughs> whose character's guy. name is Mountain. He really his. I, I do you remember um the uh like Adam Sandler's boss in Happy Gilmore. You remember that guy? You know, it's like seen you never Happy. seen Happy Gilmore. Is that the one where at the end it's just like we're all dumber because you said that thing? That is uh, Happy Matt or Billy Madison. Um, okay. No, Happy Gilmore is his boss. I like, gets a uh, he gets a a nail gun through the 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 head of his like hard hat. And so, like, through the rest of the movie, he just has this nail sticking out of his head. I don't know. That's what he looks like. People who've seen Happy Gilmore, they'll know. Those are, like, his only two good movies, by the way. Why haven't you haven't seen those? I mean, I've Wedding Singer's like, fine, I guess. I've only seen, like, three Adam Sandler movies, and I'm very cool with that. Yeah. Even though everywhere I go now on the internet, I seem to get a fucking ad for that Netflix movie he's doing with Jennifer Aniston. Which won't be watching fuck? that, because it don't have Netflix. What the fuck? Oh, hero of the people. Uh-huh. Pause, pause for applause. But like, what the fuck, Jennifer Aniston? What the fuck? Just but, cashing uh, that paycheck. Tiny Ron has got one of those physiques where he's, you know, he's done every single sci-fi TV show where he has to play like the weird tall alien for one episode, like uh, <laughs> Deep Space Nine. Yeah. So I, I, I'm aware of Tiny Ron. I've never oh. seen it before as like no makeup. Man, he's hilarious in this movie. He's just, his whole affect is bizarre. But he's my... He's my focal point stand-in for the rest of the uh, unmentioned Brad Wesley. Do you crew. know that Denise, aka Julie Michaels, is uh, she was on Buffy at one point. She was in Lie oh, to she... Me. She was just like a random vampire or something. I think. Oh really? Yeah. With uh, Chanterelle. What what a fucking classic episode of Buffy! I'd say that was maybe the first great episode of Buffy. That's one. That's the one of Chanterelle, right? Chanterelle. The girl who later becomes Anne. Uh, maybe. Maybe it but was Anne also, or the, Amy. No, she becomes Anne because she takes on Buffy's moniker, and then she is, ends up on Angel running the uh, the Blood Money, like Wayward Kids. I feel like that's a different episode. I could be wrong. But Lydon Anne was season have, three, right? Yeah, Anne was season three. But yeah. before she went to L.A., she was Chanterelle. Okay, sure. We watch that show at some point. Uh, number seven, I've got Carrie. The uh, waitress slash uh, blues singer slash uh, comes to uh, make a move on Dalton and just nuts too soon. Blows her load. Yeah, Julia Leas, Chanterelle, who later becomes Anne in season three. Or after, at the end of that season three premiere, she takes over Anne, takes over like Buffy's apartment, becomes a waitress. Um, and then she shows up an angel still as Anne running. I do not the remember shelter. that at all. But yeah. Cool. Um, my number seven is Keith David as Ernie Bass, the new bartender that we see twice. We hear from him I once. Mean, I would have liked to put Keith David on here, but he literally has one line of dialogue. He's Keith David, so goddamn, yeah. he's gonna get it. But also, what I love though is that credits are contractual. It does not matter on the cut. So, like, he's higher, like, uh, uh, credited than some other people, even though you only see him twice. Speaking of credits, guess. Guess where in the billing uh, Ed fucking Sheeran is in yesterday? Give me a number. Four. You're correct. Oh, that hurts. 
I'm trying to think. Okay, so there's the main guy. There's, there's Lily uh, James. What's her name? Yeah, Lily James. The delightful Lily James. The, the whoever the woman is who's just like, what do you mean these songs belong to somebody else? Yeah, she's not there. Um, is there no, it's uh, um um oh chef man, I'm filling all my cred uh, from SNL. She's fifth, I think. SNL. Yeah, she's fifth. I You're so. fucking shitting me. No, I'm pretty sure it's like a it's like an and Kate McKinnon. Oh, that's the most insulting thing I've heard all night. What's the point of even finishing these power rankings? Yeah, I know. it's all it's all fucked. And I don't understand the Ed Sheeran thing. Like because I don't listen to the radio anymore, I like miss that whole wave. And like somehow somehow he's like a popular musician. I don't understand it. Ugh. I've never heard any of his songs as far as I'm aware, but you, I was going to say you could play me any Ed Sheeran song. I have no idea what it sounds like. I have no idea. I mean, I've maybe I've heard it at like a doctor's office or something, but I have no idea. I don't seek that out. I don't know what the old town road or the old country road is. The only time I've ever heard Ed Sheeran sing was on game of Thrones. Oh, and I th- his and whole, even that was against my will. His whole vibe in yesterday is like, what a joke I am. Oh man, I'm getting cucked by this guy who knows the Beatles songs. Like he, it's like the whole role is like making fun of Ed Sheeran. I'm assuming Ed Sheeran is the most elaborate make a wish kid ever. He, I think there's a bit where he has a ringtone and the audience laughed at this. So I think the bit is that the ringtone is his own song. Oh really? I is think it? that's what I wouldn't was going even know. on. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't even know. I guess I'll find out tomorrow, but like whatever this jokey thing on Twitter, it's like, here's a picture of Ed Sheeran. If it's like shirt off and it's like, Ooh, Ed Sheeran got like hot. It's like, that's not funny, you guys. He that's a make a wish kid, right? His you can't beard is, like his, his beard is weird. I don't like it. Anyway. Well, it seems like he's got like a like a big comb over thing happening on his his strange misshapen head. Yeah. Did you do number seven? I think you did, right? Keith David. Yes, I did. Yeah. Number yeah. six, I had Jimmy the gay dragon. Really? Did you have him higher, I guess? So number six, I have the the alternate, the rest of the double douche crew, including uh, as my forefront. Travis McKenna as Jack. He's the uh, good, larger gentleman. Okay. He's like, basically, he becomes like Dalton's number two, right? He seems like he's a number two. Yeah, he's the lieutenant there. Yeah, yeah. He's going on away missions. Yeah, he's the guy who's like most like, Dalton, I don't know about this, to like, Dalton, I'm your man. I mean, that is ideally what you want in a bouncer. It's just a big fucking guy. You know, like, yeah. there's the other dude's like, he's pretty small. And Dalton's pretty small, too. Like, you really want just like huge dudes to be bouncers so that like there's oh, yeah. no question of physical violence. It's like you're not going to mess with this guy. Well, I mean, like, so like, let's say that tomorrow I open a bar. What is the likelihood that I'm going to like get like cut, ripped dudes who have prowess and fighting? More likely, I'm just going to be hiring fuckers who have like strange masks, right? Strange masks. <laughs> I just said masks for a second, which uh, yeah, co sign on that. That would be awesome. It's, here's a white guy wearing an obviously African mask. It's problematic as fuck, but no one's gonna fuck with him. Uh, we're at number five. Yeah, at Doc at number five. Apparently, her real name is Elizabeth. Yeah, yeah. She's got the, like the the glasses that are so bad they're not like hot. They're actually just bad glasses. That's how she sees. Yeah, it was the eighties. Uh, number five, I've got Marshall Teague as Jimmy, um, who, if you look at his IMDb, 
This dude guest starred in every TV show in the 80s and is, 90s. Is there a Walker, Texas Ranger appearance in there? I'm sure there is. I didn't like glass, but like, holy shit, there's like every fucking TV show. All and right. yeah, this is the one where he's Jimmy. <laughs> Number four, I've got Cody, a.k.a. Jeff Healy, the blind oh, guy. Shit. He didn't Cody's put Cody on there? Wow. I know, I, Who the I, fuck I, is on your list? I don't know. Do you have the helicopter on there or something? <laughs> <laughs> just the spirit of Jasper, Missouri itself. Yeah. <laughs> the brain-eating amoebas they're going to get from uh, swimming around that lake. The woman who gets kicked in the vagina. Of course, she ends up just on my list. Got to watch out for that warm standing water. The woman who gets kicked in the vagina would later play a psychic in Babylon 5. You would have thought she would have seen that coming. Mm. Um, Number three. No, who's I've your got, number four? Oh, sorry. Number four. I have uh, Kevin Tige as Frank Tillman. Oh, he does not make my list. What the fuck? It's Frank Tillman. Sorry. Sorry, Locke's dad. You're just, I don't trust you. He recently he came pushed into Locke out of a window. Money. <laughs> but like, the whole thing is, there is some kind of scam that he is running. There is an, uh, a, a significant, you know, capital S, capital L, significant look passed between him and Brad Wesley when Brad Wesley shows up after Red's place blows up. And it's just like, oh, so you're the new owner of the double douche. Like I'm aware of you now. And like, you could tell that like, Kevin Tige is like, suddenly there's a new level of fear that has entered him. I, there's a whole fucking other storyline yeah, in, in the three hour cut. Yeah. Well, sure. We'll find out all about hundred percent, which we'll never ever see this three hour cut, but I'm willing to put a hundred dollars on it right now. Yeah. Number three. three, I had Brad Wesley, Jackie Treehorn himself. Okay. Okay. Treats objects like women's man. He sure does. Um, number three, this is where our paths differ. I have, I'm so sorry. I have Sam Elliott as Wade Garrett. Oh, get the fuck out. How I know, dare you? I know. I know. Wow. I, I know. Wow. I know. I know it burns, but that's what I did. Um, I feel like. For sure, Sam Elliott is like showing up and he's like definitely bringing something just by his fucking casting. But like, well, we'll talk about Ben Gazar in a minute. But yeah, he's my number three. Fine. I have him at number two. Wade Garrett, the Silver Fox. Yeah. So number two, I've got Ben Gazar as Brad Wesley. Otherwise, known as Tracker Jihuron. Here's the thing about Ben Gazar in this uh, movie. He draws a lot of water in this fucking town. You don't draw shit, Lebowski. Like, Ben Gazzara is having to do so much more with what he has. Was he uh, in anything between this movie and the Big Lebowski? Because I like to believe he wasn't. He's basically like, if there's been a Cassavetes movie, he's in that. That's where, like, he's in, like, Killing of the Chinese Bookie. He's in, like, a bunch of, like, independent movies. Hmm. Like, back when that was what independent movies were. And then this is like his foray into the mainstream. <laughs> mm. But he's so goddamn fucking weird in this movie. And he has to be like, he has to make that work so hard. Like he literally seems like, like insane, like clinically insane. He's not like, a real person rich. at all. Yeah. yeah. If he wasn't rich, he would be in a straight jacket. This is not a movie for you to analyze the motivations of the characters and like, think about like why they're acting. So you will be in a straight jacket. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And uh, obviously we both had Dalton in number one. I thought it'd be bigger. Yeah. Um, this movie rides on his back and he does, he does very well. Where I mean, do you, where do you rank uh, Dalton versus Bodie? 
Ooh, shit. I, well, I saw Point Break, like, way before this. Yeah. And I I feel like I rank Bodie higher because as weird as this role is, like, he's really creating, like, a whole new paradigm of Bodie. Bodie's amazing. I can just remember being in college and being like, Point Break is awesome. And all my college friends were like, you're crazy. That stupid movie about surfing, like what an idiot you are. And I feel like mm-hmm. now everyone acknowledges the point break is the shit. My only concern is if we ever do point break on head cannon, are we going to have to do the remake as well? No. Okay. Absolutely not. We don't acknowledge that exists. Just the Catherine okay. Bigelow directed original. Catherine Bigelow, man. And like, one of the one of the, like there was some kind of Cameron connection to that, but like she is great. Like, why are we not talking more about Catherine Bigelow? I wonder what she's up to. And she had that movie. Was it Detroit? Was that I think it's Detroit. Yeah. After that was her movie. I'd after like to Zero see her 30. do something that isn't like based on a true story. I feel like I want to see her like get back into genre. Yeah, yeah. After like uh, uh, Point Break and like Strange Day, she clearly can do it. Like I never saw K nineteen. Did you? No, I haven't. For as much as I like Catherine Bigelow, no, because I was I was actually like a huge Strange Days fan. That was Mm. like my jam, and like no one saw that movie. Um, But yeah, I never watched The Widowmaker, even though it's Catherine Bigelow and Harrison Ford, and yet I was like, nah. Well, wasn't there like a lot of like issues with that movie too, or something? I have no idea. Anyway, we should watch Point Break. Yeah, maybe we'll do that next. We'll see. We'll find out. But that was our uh, power rankings there. Would we recommend this movie? I guess just like if you're maybe a child of the 90s instead of the 80s, like watch this movie and just marvel like what the fuck was going on in the 80s that this movie got made. So in Ebert's review of this movie, he says like, can I recommend this movie to you? It really depends on like your level of irony. Yeah. Uh, Like get some friends, have some drinks. It's a it's a it's a great bad movie. It's not a good bad movie. It's a great bad movie. Um, but it's not like a good movie, <laughs> but you'll be surprised by some of its elements and it's great badness. It's just really committed to being what it is. Yeah. But like if you're, if you're the generation that's younger than us and most of you are like, it's going to be so strange to you. <laughs> yeah. This is a whole, this decade. is what it was like in the eighties. Apparently. Yeah. This is what it was really like in the eighties. All right. Yeah. Well, that about wraps up this episode of Headcanon. You know, I forgot to mention it earlier, but if uh, you happen to only listen to this podcast, you don't listen to our other podcasts, you might not know that we wrote a book. Go to mynameistrouble.com. We have a teen uh, YA murder mystery that's out now for you to purchase and read. So, uh, yeah, if you uh, enjoy the podcast, you want to support us, go uh, check out My Name is Trouble, and uh, we think you'll like it. If you, if you like the podcast, I think you'll like the book. Yeah, uh, we'll be back. I don't know. Highly comparable to uh, to uh, this mo- this movie we talked about for sure. Not for exactly. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> we'll be back. Uh, I don't know, a week or two. We'll see. Um, Maybe we'll do every two weeks. I don't know. I mean, I think we we definitely want to do the Nolan Batman movies. We're gonna do Mean Girls and Clueless and uh, Point Break. I think those are definitely on the docket, and then we'll see about other movies we might do. So basically we're saying we people have no idea what will be the next movie. And we'll see. Okay. All right. Well, until then, have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye.